He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is episode, oh, we're in the year 2021. It's episode um, something or other, but we're season four, week five. We're getting into it. We are getting towards the end of the 2021 year in iRacing, which is rather exciting because there's lots of big stuff coming in at the end of the year, we hope. Uh, I am Peter Wolfe Wilkinson. We're brought to you tonight by CD Syntography. Why not? Brewster Coffee. Um, 24-7 race control, driversclub.net. We'll talk about a bit more about that later. Hopefully some new fresh stuff coming soon. Um, but look, I'm joined tonight by the one Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate? I'm doing well, thank you. Great to be back. Looking forward to a good chat. Yep. And I'm also joined by Mr. Hungaro Ring Specialist himself, Braden Martin. How are you going? Well, that's definitely not true, but uh, nice to be here. How are you? Oh, yeah. Let's not go into that question. Um... We are here tonight to talk iRacing, though. Uh, it's been a very big week. Uh, lots of stuff happening. No, not really. Um, uh, we did, however, we did get the thing correct where we dropped the podcast and then they announced new cars. So you're welcome once again, everyone. But we will talk about that when we get to the news. But right now, thanks to Brewster.coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R.coffee. Go check out the website. Go rate your best coffee around town. Uh, because if you were like me and you end up in a coffee house that was literally a hole in the wall to do an interview for someone because you had to Google it and that's what you ended up with, I would have preferred if someone had rated it on Coffee and I could have gone to a place that had big open seating to have the interview and it wasn't so awkward. But thank you, Coffee, for saving the world. Go help him out. Uh, also, 24-7 Race Control, go to the Facebook page, 24-7 Race Control. If you are a league looking for uh, people to look after your race, they are legends. They will help you out. Uh Brayden, I want to hear because you've been doing lots of cool stuff. Um, what have you been racing lately, mate? Not if I've been doing lots of cool stuff. Um, yeah, well, it was I just pretty... wanted to make it sound better than it was. <laughs> it was a pretty uh, stock standard week, to be honest. I didn't actually do that much racing. I've not been feeling the best, but I uh, persisted on and did a couple of officials at um, Hungaro Ring, which was we talked about it last week sort of what we're expecting and what we would think about it to be honest um really fun to drive really horrible to race <laughs> it it honestly wasn't really all that enjoyable um i don't know i don't know if i've changed something with my driving or i don't just don't know at the moment but i feel like i'm just miles off the pace everywhere that i seem to go so um I did a couple of races. One, I think I came fourth, Sam Devantier and Giuseppe Tellini and Benji Ray, I think, were in the race. And they basically drove away from me after three quarters of a lap and I lost the draft. And that there was that race over. I drove around by myself for the 12 laps and got fourth. Um, and then basically the same happened again in a race not long after uh, or the next day. I think I came fifth then. Um, it was sort of the same thing. I was just sort of off the pace and couldn't keep with the draft and drove around by myself for most of the race. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just seemed to, I don't know if I've changed something in my driving style or I'm just in bad form. I don't know. Do you have bad form as a racing car driver sometimes? Yeah, I guess? 100%. <laughs> I, I know that from firsthand. It's my last three and a half years of my <laughs> racing career. So, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, yeah. Fun car to drive. It was uh, sorry, fun track to drive, and it was it was tricky. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, and then obviously I did Sunday Night Lights, which we'll talk about in a second, which was a whole different kettle of fish. But um, yeah, it was all right. Um, apart from that, uh, I haven't really done too much else. We obviously did Aussie Car, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. Um, the only other thing really racing related is I, <laughs> I downloaded and bought Circuit Superstars and was just chucking that on the uh, the Xbox and driving that top-down sort of old micro-machines type uh, racing game for a little bit of fun last night, which was Yeah, micro-machines, but it's a lot more serious and in-depth than a micro-machines game. So it's got... It's, yeah. I, I guess it's the equivalent of iRacing but versus micro-machines where your tyre <laughs> wear counts and your damage counts. Not not to the extent that, you know, you're going to ride off your car for first corner, but you get percentages and it gets worse as you go along and fuel is a, is a thing and um, racing line matters. Um, so keeping momentum up and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's yeah, the iRacing to the Micro Machines universe where it's good fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so apart from that, yeah, just SNL and obviously Aussie Car, which we'll, we'll get to. What about yourself? Oh, do you want to know? Um, nothing. I always want to know. Um so I did. I went in awfully underprepared for Sunday Night Lights, um, which I thought could have been a good thing. But it, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll talk about it in a sec. But yeah, I, I just didn't get enough time to practice, which frustrated me personally. Um, I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm trying to build a website for my business and also build a, a whole Excel spreadsheet to automate my business, which is eating up all my time at the moment and and traveling to and from a few places and stuff. So. And the house? Until, you got to stop building uh, stuff. Stop building things. I'm building a house at the moment. <laughs> it completely slipped my mind. Um, uh, and yeah, look, I'm, honestly, I had the we had the hailstorm come through just before Aussie Car last week, which sort of a put me in a foul mood, and b just um, I've got to go insurance job on my car now. So um, we had four to five centimeter hail, which looked like it was a spike, like a wrecking ball with the big spikes off it, uh, <laughs> like it was a mace, but. Yeah, it was. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Mackay just north of here, north of Mackay, had fourteen and sixteen centimeter hail today, and I'm just watching a storm go through Gippy, where about six of my vans are at the moment, which is got large hailstones as well. So I shouldn't laugh, but it is just one of those things. It's like the last couple of years, if something was going to happen, like the the world would rain a, a mace type hailstone. Like not only yeah. is it going to be hail, but it's hail that's literally trying to kill you. Yeah. So you know the way the world's going, it doesn't half surprise me. Sometimes you just yeah. laugh. <laughs> I got a hit on the hand, um, and it's still sore now. Like you touch it, there's no <laughs> bruiser, I think, but you you touch it. This is almost a week later, and it's very sore to touch, right on the bone where it hit. So, um, yeah, it was not a fun night, and that that we'll talk about Aussie car and see how that affected my Aussie car, but. Um, we uh, then Anne's car is the only one that we have. We're not going to talk about as a group because I did that by myself with Timmy Corns. Um, that had pace. I felt went in qualified okay for the first time. I jumped in a qualifying se- session at this was at Texas, and I wasn't dead last. Uh, I was sitting around the, the twenty top twenty mark, and um, then qualified around the top twenty mark, and then um sort of was in and around the pace and, and keeping tires fairly well fuel. I was, I think I was on the strategy again. However, trying to get on that strategy, there was a, I'm not going to name names cause I don't do that. Um, an incident before the light with lights went green. So under yellow flag pace lap 
car spins out, almost takes me out. And I said I need to be safe next to this car. And that was exactly, I just went straight past him, just as I went past him, he's flicked it, put it in first, flicked it sideways into the wall and caused um, yellow straight up. So we did two or three laps. race yellow. Yeah, did two or three laps. And I thought, look, I'm at the back anyway, so what's the matter? I'm just going to pull in now and I'm just going to get some fuel. We'll top up. We'll be about three or four litres ahead of everyone else. You know, I'll get it back later on. Doing that, I went into the pits, and just as I went into the pits, I accidentally got in front of someone, which gave me a um, overpassing under yellow, which then gave me a 26-second stop and hold, which you have to do during the race. Now, also, when I went in there, I my things had ticked off, and I was changing my tyres. Changed my right side, not my left, because I clicked it off in time, but I didn't quite get it off in time, so I still changed. So we got limited sets. So they, there goes one of my sets straight up, which isn't too bad, but um, it definitely helped, didn't help at the end, but everything else didn't help at the end. But So we went green. I've got to do a stop and hold, come out two laps down and lapping. Um, get the two, get the more yellow. So I get lucky dog, so I get back on the lead lap. So it's all good. We're, we're sitting there pretty. We're going along, and I'm overtaking people. I'm holding people. I'm not getting lapped. Um, we're going not too bad. And just keeping, you know, we're, we're topping up when we have to and all that stuff. And then um, not no damage, but then Tim comes around a corner. He's behind uh, Lockie and Lockie just misses a car that's going 80 kilometres an hour slower on the straights than everyone else. And Tim is a quarter of a car further right. So when he's gone past, Lockie's only just missed this car and Tim's just cleaned it up. And in the chaos that ensued behind, I've T-boned someone, which has then obviously ruined the front end of my car. Meatball, um, four, three, four seconds of of, um, repair job. So I get in there. I'm staying a lap down in a lucky dog position, fought my way back to a lucky dog position, and then the leader started lapping people, but we don't get a yellow for the rest of the race then. So I'm like, okay, I've only got about a minute left at the end of this. So, you know, I've just got to get one more yellow. We'll, we'll clean off this. I'll get lucky dog, get back on the lead lap, and we'll be fine again, but not a caution for the rest of the race. And that's the end of my night. Um, it's two laps down by the end of it because of the speed I was, I'd was i lost because of the damage. Um but yeah, so if you're in a in a race that's fairly serious, Aussie like a very very serious oval league, and your your car is only going eighty k's, oh, sorry, going eighty k's an hour less than other cars on the track, you probably should pull in. Is what I suggest to the people listening yeah. to this podcast. That's a fair <laughs> statement. Hey, how's your oval journey going, mate? You, you you sort of bought into the whole thing. You're sticking with it. I How love are you it. finding it so far? It's it's good because it gives me that chance to. Um, use the like the tactical side of it, which is the tires, the fuel, the stopping, uh, all that kind of stuff. Which I'm mean, really enjoying that side of it. Where you don't get that in skippies, and no matter what we do, we're never going to get that in skippies at that level. So um, I'm enjoying that side of it, and I can be on pace or close enough to pace where I can't get that on the leagues that do use that, like V8s and GTs and all that kind of stuff. If I if I put in a fair bit of effort, I could probably get there, but I'm getting that aspect of it without having to be a super brilliant driver. Um, so 
I'm at the end of the, the, the thing where it does obviously spike. So I've got to find about another half a second, second a lap consistently without using tire wear. And that's the, the end of it, where if I was this journey in, was in a V8 or a, a GT3 or something like that, I would be still three or three seconds off the pace and then not being able to use the, the tactics to catch that up. Yeah, it's so, one, of the things, one of the things about sport is I find is I don't always care about the the ultimate result, you know, whether it was football no. or whatever. What I care about is being competitive and yeah. feeling like I'm in it at least, yeah. you know, and every time Snell beats me or James now or whoever it is gets ahead of me, if I'm in it, like that's what frustrated me about Road Atlanta last time. I just felt I was outdone, outraced. Uh, and I, I wasn't really in it. But if you're getting that from the oval experience, then, you know, that's the sort of stuff that brings you back each time. Yeah. Like I want to, like I've got the drive to be the competitive top 10 driver, but I don't have the skill yet and it's going to take a while and a lot of practice, which is what I don't have. I think, um, I think with the ovals as well, you always know your one strategy call or one big wreck mm. away from a top five or, you know, yep. it, it just takes one person's mistake and you need to be in the right spot at the right time and play the right strategy along with that, that you can get a really good result even if you are that eight tenths off five, you know, half a second yeah. off. It, it's and, all about the other stuff as well. And then you do get tracks where, cool, if you can hold the draft, that helps as well. Um, I, I don't enjoy the short track racing at the moment because I'm just that far off the pace. Um, the, the, the cookie cutter races where you're just lifting and breaking, I'm getting better at that, which is what we showed at Texas where I was actually on pace. Um, but the wreck fixed the wreck, wrecked that. And, um, but the, 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 the big drafty Talladega's at Daytona's, I'm actually fairly strong there because it's not about car pace. It's not about skill, with getting the car to go fast, it's about you track position. And then that's 100% all is just track position, making the right calls and all strategic. So that's why I'm better at that because it might takes eliminates my driving skill as per se, um, as far as getting the car to go fast. So that's where I'm at at the three levels. The more driving skill you put into it, the, the worse I'm at and the less competitive I feel. And then that's where I get frustrated. <laughs> And, you know, that's what I get frustrated if I go into anything like that. Um, and Skippy's, that's where I'm starting to get frustrated now. Like, there's always someone to be competitive with. But when you look at yourself, you're consistently a second and a half, two seconds off the pace. And there's nothing you can do about it without putting in hours and hours of practice, which I don't have. Then it's sort of like, well, I've won the road to 2K. And that that's now the problem there is, cool, I'm not fighting for anything anymore. I'm literally just, you know, I'm with all these other guys and just, watching them fight for a championship and then watching myself go backwards at the moment. So it's, it's a hard, um, yeah, it, it comes down again, um, to where you've got the time and how you, yeah. how you, how you can invest it. Right. So you look at someone like, uh, Sam Devantia that we've talked about, uh, in the last week or so is, you know, 45 races at road Atlanta. He said he wasn't going to race at all at Hungara ring. And yet he was there frequently, into a free track this week, you'll be there in the in the in the thousands, no doubt. But you know, I was talking to him because he's he's always been a, a, a good driver. He's a, he's a young fella. Uh, he's a good driver, um, but just recently he's put some time into it, both in terms yeah. of you know the the runs under the belt in racing, but he's gone onto the VRS side and and looked at the lap guides there in particular. Johnny Gindy does a fantastic lap guide for the skips each mm-hmm. and every week. Um, and he's sort of, but it's, it's, 
for someone in your boat and mine as well, when we're a bit older and we've got all those responsibilities, it's about prioritizing your time and if you want to spend it there. Because sometimes you just don't want to spend it for that and then because uh, you want to do a family thing or you're building a house or you're building a business or whatever it is, right? Um, and yet we all share those frustrations when that improvement's not there. You see someone like Sam Devandia go from 4K to he's, I think he's going to crack seven soon enough the way he's going at the moment. Uh, and maybe I could get it. I've been 6K before in the skips, but I'm, I, that was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, and I just haven't had the time to do the races, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and haven't made the time. Yeah, It's where I feel my difference is at the moment. Like I, I was talking the other week about putting myself in positions where I can overtake a lot more, being more aggressive, but I don't have the time on the track to... Feel that confidence to do fo- it, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, and to actually uh, like to nail the the actual overtake, I, I'm, I'm making mistakes in that because I'm not getting time to practice that kind of stuff. So I'm sort of cool. I can get my I've practiced enough to get my car behind someone. I've practiced enough to be fast to to stay with them, but I haven't practiced the overtake enough. So I put myself cool. I tried this overtake, but I'm on the wrong side of the road coming out of the next corner. And that's the stuff that you know by doing race after race after race after race and and making those mistakes, but then learning from them. That's what I'm missing. So I'd love to be able to get out there. But then the other problem is I see all these people racing different cars and I'm like, I want to race that car and I want to race that car and I want to race that car. But the one thing the ovals has done for me, I think it's definitely transferred a lot of stuff back across to A, skippies, and then B, when I've jumped into other road cars. Um, Throttle management, um, I was always, uh, and this is why, this is my secrets out of the bag. This is why I'm so good on fuel. I'm on the throttle or I'm on the brake. So I'm coasting and braking where to be faster, that's where I've got to be. I've got to be using the throttle through the corners, stabilizing the car and getting on the throttle that little bit earlier and staying on it that little bit later. That's where my second lap is. And I'm just, my head can't get around that. But doing ovals where I made the difference in half a second last week at at Texas was going through turn one. I was lifting, braking, accelerating. But when Tim was talking to me about or never take it off 100%. You, the, work, the biggest you take it off is you still have 30% throttle left and you just use that brake to push the nose in. As soon as I started doing that, there's half a second, a lap, straight up. And then that followed through to um, SNL where I picked up that track a lot quicker and, and I was a little bit better. Like I think Braden, I was, what, a second off you in practice by the end of it or a second and a half, which with no practice, I'm happy with that. Yeah, mate, I've got to tell you, I was talking to Russell on Sunday, and he was he was spewing. He couldn't keep up with you. I don't think uh, in oh. the in the practice before SNL. He was, we'll go do it. I can't keep up. So you know, <laughs> but yeah, look, some, you're doing it, something right. Yeah, the, the throttle management's the, the big part of it. That's that's my next step. But ovals is is helping with that, and that's why I want to do a bit of dirt because dirt is hugely about throttle management, and that's why you know that's where well, I want to get into that. But you get a chance next season if you come back. Yeah, I'm not in a team at the moment. I just looked at the team list that Timmy Cobb sent through, and I'm not in the team list. So we'll Tim, see what happens Tim, there. Tim's fired the team manager. Apparently. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, look, I've talked long enough about stuff that doesn't really matter. So, um, Alex, have you done anything else before S- besides SNL? Yeah, mate, I did I did a couple at Hungaro as well. Um, and I share Braden's sentiment, sentiments about it being... Uh, I mean, I've heard it described by several people as as like Monaco in terms of its difficulty to pass, um, and I share that. Although 
you know, off the back of the Aussie car stuff, which where I let frustration get the better of me in race one, and I will talk about that later on. Um, you know, I carried a bit of that into my racing at Hungaro ring this week, and it wasn't helped because, um, you know, typically I'd really enjoy a four-car battle up the front. I had two races here. They weren't, you know, massive strength of fields to speak of, but there were some good people in there as well. You know, you spoke about Benji and... Um, uh, and Sam was in one of them as well. And, um, you know, it was good. I enjoyed the racing there. Fun track to drive, incredibly difficult to pass, and that made for uh, a, almost a, I would describe it as a frustratingly engaging challenge um, <laughs> to both learn a new track, learn how to race there, learn how to be fast there, and then somehow on top of that find the magic bullet of passing opportunities. So um, quickly on that, did you guys find anywhere other than, I guess, the turn one, and the last turn, and I guess that the turn one, turn two was maybe one, like the second yep. last turn. Is, is, is Were they the only spots you could find? Yeah, look, a lot of it I found was there, turn one, uh, but turn one is the obvious place, but then can I tell you, the way turn one is laid out, particularly on the exit and how it flows into turn two, it was just as easy to defend on the outside uh, as yeah, it was on the inside. Yeah, because you had that inside, inside you know? for turn two then. Which, exactly um, right. Exactly yeah. right. Mate, and then you, the oh, problem was those two overtaking areas are so close to each other, so you are literally then just lapping. <laughs> yeah, well, the other place was uh, after the kink uh, into the into the hairpin. If yeah. you set that up right and you disrupt the guy in front through the kink there, um, I know and a certain bloke that I raced with in one of mine um, just, oh, I'm going to say, brutalised his way up the inside there. There was uh, half a car width and the curbing on the inside um, on the exit of the of the kink, and he used all that. And, and and if I don't move over and make space where the track disappears, we crash. So, um, but we can I mean, talk about that in a second. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, is that right? Um, and then um, you know, but other than that, uh, I, I enjoyed the racing there. It was like I said, a, a frustrating uh, challenge in in some respects, but enjoyable at the same time. Got to race uh, with a, a guy that I, I, you know, I'm going to shout out as one to watch, Japanese driver uh, Hiroyuki Shoda, and he ended up, I think, in split two of SNL this week. Um, I rating belies his speed. He drives like someone with heaps more experience and potentially uh, real track experience. He um, put it on pole by, uh, I'm going to say, half a second over wow. someone like Benji Rag, who's, again, approaching 7K I rating, Justin Skips. So that's pretty impressive for a guy who's now sitting around 2,800 I rating, um, and I think he'll be one to watch. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when he get he'll hit the top split of SNL uh, if he keeps going with a with a bit of a bang. Um, yeah. Getting I don't enjoy getting beaten by the cowboy, Sam Devandia, but I did this <laughs> week. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I raced with that fella who, again, I won't name, who, you know, again, as you talk about passing opportunities, he manufactured something into that, that hairpin after the kink at Hungaro ring. But other than that, uh, apologies again to Benji, who I gave a bit of a nudge into turn one. Uh, but I redressed that and I, I actually didn't bother overtaking him the rest or even trying, just let him have it. It wasn't much between second and third after we let the cowboy get away. But, uh, yeah, those were the two that I did, plus um, practising now at uh, Belle Isle for this week's Aussie car, which should be interesting. Oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. even started that yet. 
I tried to do some tonight and then I got frustrated because I saw your time and how far off I am. And I was like, well, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> My chassis threw down the gauntlet and I just had to, I had to have a crack at it, to be honest. So yeah. Now, last think, time we I went there, we had... Eight tenths had... away at the moment, so uh, <laughs> it's not looking good. We had um, Meatball Fest last time we were there, right? That was an enduro too, wasn't it? No, no Belle Isle. No, that's Detroit, Long Beach. Uh, Long Beach. So Belle Isle. We've been there. That was uh, Russ. Who was it? Russell who did Russell, the pitting yeah. on the last lap. It was, yeah. it was the, pit for, the pit on the last lap controversy. Was not dirty about that at all. I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> I love that track. Well, that's one of the actual tracks that I've done a coaching session at with uh, the the former Chris Fennell, who doesn't do eye racing anymore. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm I like that track. The problem is when I went there. I think we've been there twice now, haven't we? This will be the third. I think only once that I remember, but it's been in officials a couple of times. Yeah, okay. Because I I punted Ira there. That was one of the um, oh one of the, mate. There's a golden the rule days. that I follow: you don't <laughs> punt the host. Just saying. <laughs> I, I I redressed it as well and uh, still copped a penalty. I think um, <laughs> he definitely lashed out, but nah, it was just one of those things where I mis- misjudged the braking marker going into the the right. Left, 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 under the bridge there at the end of the straight, and um, yeah, didn't go, didn't go well. But yeah, it's a good track. It's just once again, it, there's there's the overtaking areas, and then there's the rest of the track. So, um, and yeah, Russell, one, be one to watch there. He loves he loves a bit of uh, of Bell Isle. So keep an yeah, eye out for Russell. This one week. mistake, and you're um, yeah, you don't get a fast repair, so you're out. Russell gets, Russell gets everything he asked for at Aussie Cars, and he asked for this track here and <laughs> Bella there, and let me win here. He seems to get yeah, that as it. well. You know, unbelievable. Pit on the last lap. Let me do that. Oh, hold on. No, you don't get that. So, let's let's discuss a little bit in SNL. Um, uh, Braden's eating eating, so I'll talk about my experience, which didn't go the best. Um, I went in underprepared, as I said before, qualified. Oh, sixth, seventh, fifth, something like that. It was actually wasn't too bad considering split three, uh, car eleven in split three. So you know, had some had some room to make up. Once again, though, just petrified of the the kink at the start, the left hander after the little the what turn one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is, um, petrified of going into there and and crashing into someone and. <laughs> I'd practiced it and I got it to, to fourth gear all the way around, but then I think you I needed to be third gear um, for the start and just got the tail out on the ripple strip and then lost the tail and poor Matthew Harriet behind yeah, Matthew Harriet behind me just had nowhere to go and went into my rear, which uh, didn't cause that much damage that I felt, but you know, put the foot down and went nowhere and got a meatball, got it had the toe. Uh, two-minute toe there sort of put me a, a lap and a half down. Uh, and it was the only SNL race I've ever seen where no one else crashed out for the rest of the race. So I did uh, the 12 laps, frustrated at myself, angry at myself for, for A, making the mistake like Braden talked about, losing the car on the first lap, uh, such a rookie mistake, and then, you know, getting punted for it, which wasn't his fault. And, you know, just had to sit there and lap. Came out of the lap the track, with 12, obviously, the rest of the race to go, um, 40 seconds ahead of the, the cars that were coming up to lap me. So, I, I actually, I don't even know if I got lapped in the end. It had to have been two-minute laps. So, 
Um, but they were coming back. Well, I came out 40 seconds ahead of the leaders, and for the rest of the race, I stayed just about 40 seconds ahead of the leaders the whole way around, which was the next frustrating point of <laughs> um, knowing I had the pace to be there. I don't think I probably would have got Ken in the end, but I definitely would have been the pace of the podium getters. So, um, yeah, and then just watching no one crash except for poor um, Mark Jeffrey, who came out of the pits about 30 seconds ahead of me and then someone else right at the end who came out about 10 seconds ahead of me. With That's almost unheard of, mate, in a, oh, in a third split to see I know. I was, crash I, down. 16th, uh, 16th of 18th because two people, I think one person disconnected at the start, one person didn't start. So 16th after the first lap and that was it. All the time watching these cars that were 30, 40, 50 seconds and slowly getting closer to them. Um, and you just needed one of them to spin out, would have been good, but yeah, another frustrating SNL night. All only myself to blame this time, so yeah, Braden. I, I you, you, you're ready to blame some other people, so what happened with your SNL well, night? I don't know, not ready to blame other people. I'm inter- interested to hear what Alex thinks actually, because he was broadcasting. I don't know if he got a chance to go back and have a look at what happened, but um. Yeah, like I said, I didn't really have the pace. I felt like I've been off the pace, but then I managed to qualify 10th, which was pretty good. It, there was a few people who off-tracked first laps and second laps and both laps. So I was probably a few positions higher than I deserved to be, which is fair enough. But, um, you know, you got to put the lap on the on the page to, to make it count. Um, and it was pretty hectic from the moment <laughs> we started, to be honest. Um, I got a ripper start off the line, which I, I generally do. But I did it all three times at Hungary Ring, and it was the worst possible thing you could do was have a better start than the person in front of you because you either didn't get to tuck in behind them or um, or someone would just come up your inside anyway because you couldn't really get onto the racing line proper. It just ended up being awful. And this time I got such a good start that – and I think Sam – who was the position ahead of me didn't get a great start that I was already next to him by the time I got there. And, and it's funny if it had been anyone else other than Sam, I probably wouldn't have cared, but because it was Sam and I know his racing for, you know, being up the front a bit more than me, I actually slightly lifted to try and just tuck back in behind him, which gave Julian the run on me who then went up the inside. And I only lost the one position, which wasn't too bad. Uh, Cause I managed to sneak my way back in Um behind julian but you know in hindsight i just sort of went oh sorry sam <laughs> you're, you're getting a locked on car up the inside but you know well julian would have been i mean he qualified well out of position for yeah. typically where he was and he would have been looking to move forward really aggressively i would have thought a hundred percent um so i ended up in 11th i was just off the back of takumi uh yamato who who was racing pretty well and i was sort of struggling for the first half a lap to stay within the draft but because the the train ahead of 10 cars was 10 cars. You know, I was able to into the slower corners, catch up plenty of time and, and get back in the draft. Um, and then over the course of the next couple of laps, uh, one of the drivers behind who, well, two of the drivers, but one of the drivers mainly, I'm guessing one who definitely qualified out of position. Um, and I'm not sure about the other because uh, I haven't really raced with them that much before. Um Kept just like showing the nose here and there. It was very clear straight away that they weren't going to be working to stay with the pack. It was they wanted to be in front of me. And then we'll see about trying to stay with the pack. And I just knew it was so hard to pass there that I just wasn't going to be bullied into giving up positions. Because I knew once one of them saw me let one down the inside into turn one, well, then the next one was going to do it. And the next one was going to do it. 
and eventually I'd be 16th position, you know? Like, so I sort of made a decision really early that I just wasn't letting people up the inside into turn one. So I was taking a slightly defensive line, which meant that they weren't able to overtake. And I did lose a bit of time, but I'd always get that time back into the draft, into the other spot. So it wasn't too big of a problem for me. Um, I made a mistake coming into the right-hander. I don't know what turn number it would be, but basically the one that goes onto that shortest back straight um, before the last sort of section. I uh, had a bit of wheel spin in the back, let loose a little bit, and just stayed on the ra- racing line, but had a big compromised exit. Um, and the car behind, rather than trying to go to the inside, decided to try and go around the outside of me, which was actually outside of the track, outside of the white lines and onto the grass. And like Alex said earlier, I had to basically let them back in. Otherwise, he was going to drive into me, um, which meant I had to go into a slightly more defensive line again because I had to leave him, let him onto the track and I can't just disappear. Um, and then so compromised my entry into the right-hander. We made a little bit of net code contact on the outside. Um, which gave another car a bit of a run as well, who then probably went a little bit too deep into the next turn. I got a good run out of the left-hander into the second last turn and was right up against the rear bumper of the car behind and then got hit again from behind from the car behind, trying to basically go up the inside where there was no space at the time. Um, I got hit, so I moved over, let that person through, who then compromised the car ahead of me's run um, and basically got in front of him, and I had an okay run out of the last turn, which meant I could basically box that car in so they couldn't get past me, um, and they were stuck behind the, the second car that made the overtake. Into turn one we go. Another car makes it three wide because obviously we've been battling and they've got a good run as well. Um, we managed to get through turn one pretty safely into three wide, considering um, how much, you know, I'd already been hit twice and, you know, there'd been a bit of barge. Into turn two, the car that made it three wide completely missed his braking marker and just shot straight off the track. Um, I almost get hit from behind again. Um, I managed to hold it sort of in that middle lane, I suppose you'd say, into the left-hander. And the car on the inside basically just opened up their steering like I wasn't there, crashed into me, and then spun me into the person behind. And then I proceeded to get abused for being an idiot who blocked. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was just, you know, like it was one of those things like in those races, I've kind of been a bit bullied out of position and been too nice. And I was just, I just knew how hard it was going to be to get any positions back on that track. And I just wasn't in the mood for charity. So <laughs> I'd kind of raced probably a bit harder than I normally would, but I, I kind of felt I had no choice. And, and I, I find a lot of the drivers that are those fast guys, they're happy to be aggressive, but as soon as someone stands up for themselves in a way, they, they're quite, um, well, yeah, borderline sooky, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting. It was certainly a frustrating race. I ended up getting crashed, had to limp back to the pits, came 18th after Corey, I guess, disconnected or something. I'm not sure what happened to him. So it was interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, look, uh, I obviously had eyes on uh, there was a front pack of 10 for <laughs> yeah. Look, quite a, a long time in the race. It was very, very interesting, um, like, to see the way the story of the race played out from that perspective. But uh, perhaps so I didn't see the, the way things, I don't, at least I don't recall seeing the way things unfolded for you for specifically. But having said that, I look at uh, the names around you in both the qualifying and the results and, and what you've described. And um, I see a couple of guys in there that I know uh, if they qualify... Low, 
Um, they do exactly what you're describing. And there are some valid tactics in there to disrupt the the mindset and the flow of the people in front of you. Having said that, I I don't know. What pushes my buttons, legitimately pushes my buttons, is someone that goes, it's aggressive, that, that's fine, that's aggressive. If you put your car in the position and it's, and it's your spot on the track, I'm good with that. And I will absolutely make an allowance uh, and... and uh, and give up a corner when I know I've beaten beaten into a corner. But if someone puts their car in a position where um, if I don't move, look, I don't have to move. Like I, I really don't have to move. But if I don't, we're going to crash. That pushes my buttons, yeah, right? I'm, I'm and the there's, there's, there's a couple of people around that do it that will, uh, and there's a couple of them that occasionally race in SNL and and race in the skips generally. And it's and it's like. You know, I picture the first corner at Monza, right? It's a massively wide straight, and there's that there's that painted white line on the right next to the pits, and you know, at a point sort of three quarters away down the circuit, there on the right hand side where that white painted line is, it there ceases to be asphalt and there starts to be grass. Everyone knows that 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 happens, and yet people stick on the outside of that uh, that white line. And if you're right up against that white, white line, they expect you to move and make room, and they don't have to. But if you don't, you both crash. That yep. sort of scenario frustrates me, and I know the situation that you were in, uh, that's likely that sort of stuff happens, right? Yeah, and I think the thing that frustrates me as well is if we were driving, and I know we're not driving real cars, but if we were driving real cars, especially open wheelers, there's no way those people are putting their cars in those positions. You know, they're risking their own car, first of all, a crash where they could get injured. And they know that the stewards would be coming down on them for being, you know, in the wrong spot. Like if you're if you're going outside of track limits to make a pass, no one has to let you back on the track. Like that's ridiculous to think. And yeah, I think yeah, that's what annoy- I think that's what annoys me as well. Like we're trying to treat it like a proper race and you know, you're doing stuff you would just never you would never do. Um so yeah, I, 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 was... I remember I remember talking to Benny Simmonson uh, about it and, and put that sort of stuff to him, and and he he actually said, and it's not to disagree with you because I, I I tend to agree with you. He said you'd be surprised, and Johnny Guinea yeah, said the same true. thing. You'd be surprised at where people put their cars in real life. And I guess you know? that that's what kind of sometimes that's how you get the Verstappen and Hamilton crashes, you know, those kind of things. So it does happen, I guess. I guess the um, the regularity that it happens, I would assume, would be a lot less because if you're putting your car in that position so often that you're having that many crashes, you're not going to have a drive for a team. I, I guess yeah. that's probably, you know, yeah. when a championship's on the line or, you know, when things need to be done, then yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. I just can't imagine them doing it at the frequency it happens in, in the game. Well, the one thing that I, I, I think too is... Um, in the sim, as well as in real life, you get to know who's around you. If you're yeah. racing in a series time after time, you get to know the character of the people around you and and, the, and you know typically what they're going to do. So in SNL, although it's, a, it's official, it's open to everyone, we see a lot of regulars turning up and, and they and, and some of them, that's actually an appealing thing too. Like I know I've talked to Julian a fair bit, Julian O'Frey and, and you know, Ludwig Gede and a few of the guys from overseas who say, you know, I like racing with this group because uh, I know how they're going to race. And you find your place in that field and you might be higher or lower or whatever, but you know how they're going to race. And same in real life, right? And you know, yeah. oh, that fella's on my inside. I'm going to have to make space or we both crash, as frustrating as that is. Yeah. You know? 
And I think part of my decision on Sunday was, you know, I am starting to get in these top split races and I don't want to be seen as, oh, well, Braden's going to let me through every time I put my car's nose wherever I feel like it. So, you know, maybe it's a sacrifice of a race or two where things like this happen and maybe it'll be for the greater good, but still. And, that may, and they'll, they'll remember that. And, and yeah. people make those kinds of decisions. Like you look at Nagai. Now, now Nagai was back in the field this um this week, and I was really pleased to see him. Although he had, you know, an unfortunate incident with Sam in the end, uh, uh, you know, so that's the way it goes. Qualifying time, by the way. <laughs> he, that's mate. He is top dog <laughs> when it comes to qualifying. Amazing, you know. Sometimes I've seen him sacrifice his first lap to do extra uh, heat in the tires, uh, and it shows. I don't think he did that this week, but um, there was a really distinct point. Uh, the last time he spent a couple of seasons with us, and 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 I started calling him the guy two point because he he was that guy that people knew that they could pressure, and and he he'd sort of let him through, particularly early in a race. And a couple of the Japanese drivers have been like that. I remember I used to do that. I actually used to do that. I put a bit of pressure on Toshimasa Hanada, and I knew that early on in a race I could get through. Whereas later on in the race, he he you know he defend that a lot more. Yeah. Um, the, but Nagai, and I don't know whether he was listening to our commentary or he, he'd, he'd just gone away and reflected on it, he really shifted. And not to the point of being dangerous, absolutely, but more so he would defend his position and it was a real shift. So what you're doing is absolutely um, valid. Uh, I guess it's it's another skill that we need to learn, right? Yeah. And I think uh, what, one thing I'd like just to, to remind people as well is there's a big difference between blocking and defending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think people get those two words interchanged with they're, they're very much not, you know, taking a defensive line into a turn because you know it's going to compromise the run the person's going to get. Defending, perfectly fine. Blocking, you know, where you're swerving across the track or changing in the braking zone, fair enough. That's that's dangerous and silly. But, you know, if someone's taking a, a skinnier line because they know the outside's not going to grant them a, a move, you know that's that's racecraft, and knowing yeah. that knowing the track and knowing where you can break a little bit later, or even if you're breaking a little bit earlier, but holding that line is going to give you the 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 space. You, you can't get too angry about that in terms of racing for position. Yeah, it might be frustrating because you might lose the draft of the guys ahead of you. But um, yeah, I just I was a bit frustrated when I was getting called out for for being someone who was an idiot who was blocking when I didn't feel like I actually done anything. Close very to big that. difference, very yeah. big difference between defending and blocking. And, uh, you know, I, I hate blocking. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with defending and I agree with you, mate. And and perhaps the one thing that adds to that is typically the people that I find, uh, and it's, there's not many of them, there's a couple around that I know of who who will call out blocking when it's, you know, I would, I would argue pretty textbook defending. Mm. Um uh, will not view their, themselves in the same way, and and yeah. it borders on a bit of hypocrisy, if I'm honest. So, yeah. um, you know, and it and it's worthwhile, in my view, if I get called out for something like that, and I, I haven't been in a very long time that I can remember, is I'll put that replay in front of someone that I trust and say, hey, what do you make of this? And I'll t- use yeah. it as a learning experience, you know. And I learned a lot this week from Hungara Ring. I actually learned a lot from my experiences at Dover, and and and. You do from incidents, I think, if you if you take the time to study and reflect on them. So you know, it's all learning. So do we want to go to Aussie Car? <laughs> we can. Yeah, I'm in the room. <laughs> we can. Oh, mate, the uh, I'm calling that one the Quimby Massacre of 21. <laughs> oh my god! So 
uh, we'll, I guess we'll recap the results soon. And look, it, it threw up a, a really good result for, for one of the Locked On lads, which we'll get to in a second. Congratulations to him for making the podium for the first time yeah, absolutely. in his career. So, but... Um, well, here's, here's some beside, behind the scenes for you, right? Uh, I hadn't <laughs> turned a lap at Dover until we went to jump into practice, which is fine. But, I think a lot of people you know, did that because I was the same. Yeah, because like we'd, we'd already done it. I was banking on the fact that this tire grip change wasn't going to affect the Skippy as much as maybe it it's possibly literally could've. the Talladega of Skippy oval racing. There's no, but mate, there required. was more grip in the Skippy. I would argue yeah, there was. More I think grip. so too. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we go to do qualifying for race one, and I go to pull my gear shifter to go out of the pits. My right hand, so my changing up flappy paddle on my steering wheel is completely loose, like hanging on by a thread. So in between, I'll, thankfully it's Dover, you know what, I'm going to make three upshifts and do my qualifying lap or four upshifts, do my qualifying lap and away we go. But in between qualifying, I'm trying to find Allen keys and I'm standing across my rig trying to tighten my upshifter and stuff. And I got it just tightened with about 30 seconds before we uh, grid it up. So there's a little Hey, at least you weren't there. defending your car from ice and... <laughs> The missiles from from above true, twenty true. minutes before the race. So yeah, that was almost a disaster. I almost had no upshift to, to start the race. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, um, my perspective: uh, qualified average, uh, race okay, race one got tangled up in an incident, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, was really pushing. Like it's 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 the biggest problem is it's three wide. There is a fourth line there, but it's extremely dangerous and I couldn't make it work. Um, <laughs> I got the I, inside run on a few people when there was only two cars, but yet um, there was there, the, the, the middle line was the best line to be in if you could. But you, you know, when there's three wide, there's nothing you do except for go right high around the outside. And I was doing it and I was getting a run, but there were some drivers in front that would then shift over. And when all three cars shift over, you've got no option, but the third car has to shift over. And when... I'm making an out, a run down the straight because I've got my momentum off the outside because I've stayed high and I've got a run on them and I'm going past the start-finish line. I've almost got half, like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm in front of the, the nose of their, the, the my nose is in front of the rear wheels of their car and then all of a sudden they all shift over. There's got nothing to do but pull out. And then that sacrifices your momentum for the next four laps until you get up again and you go again. But there's nowhere to do it because of that shifting nature of the lines and people weren't, you know, the bottom line moves a little bit up. The middle line has to move up. The, the third person in the in the in the chain goes, "Well, I've got car on outside, but you know, what do I do?" And so I was putting my nose where it shouldn't have been, but that was the only play, only way you could physically move. And when you're sitting there looking at all these other cars and you're getting a run on these cars that are in the lead and they're only just there, and like I just got to get around this one car and then do it one more time, and I'm in in this for the race and. But then obviously things happen and, and I end up in the pits with two laps to go. So I guess um, what, while, we're, while we're talking of this, the race and the, I guess the start of the race specifically, um, what, what do we think about the whole no <laughs> third line for five laps thing? Like I get Not the good. idea. No, yeah. shouldn't have happened. <laughs> especially, shouldn't have happened. I think especially sprung on us at the last minute, uh, especially. Yeah. But, you know, Ira's a great guy. We all love Aussie car and... Love that he tries different things and all of those things. That's why, why those here, first but... five laps were the best chance anyone had to actually make any moves. Um, yeah. And the cars weren't as bad as they were last race because of the the, the change. Um, they and were extremely comfortable under colds, to be honest. Um, 
And I'd argue and especially that five laps have, in. They have more grip on the first two or three laps than probably yeah, later. The fastest the laps yeah, you were going to make are that is that first two laps. I did it in yep. in practice in quality. I, I did my first two laps, and I'm like, okay, that's done because that's what you do in Ansgar. Your first two laps are as quick as your car's ever going to be. So I pulled out, and I'm like, oh, hold on, there's two more laps. Oh, okay, it doesn't matter now. And, and that time stuck. But at least you didn't do that at Road America, like I, I rode Atlanta, like I did. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But yeah, look, it, that's where the moves had to be made, and and I you couldn't. I'm sitting there going, I can, I'm faster than this guy in front. I can get past this guy, but if I do, I go three wide, and I'm breaking the rules. And then by the time everyone's up to pace, all the like the tires warmed up after two laps, no problems. Gentlemen's agreement. Let's not go three wide first lap. Um, second lap, it's fine. Let's go. But look, I don't want to go into it too much because it was Ira's decision. He made it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I respect the decision. Did I like it? No. Um, no, but I, I think, yeah, I think he's earned the respect to make that call. Uh, I, I hope he reflects on it. And, and if he does it again, great. If not, you know, I, I'm okay too. Like at the end of the day, uh, like I said, I, I don't, I didn't particularly like the decision, but I respected it. Um, yeah. And I think the idea behind it, it was to try and stop a big crash, which, you know, it did end up happening. Well, and if uh, that happened, yeah. But that's over racing, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. Look, my, I, I like I said, I, I tried to learn a lot. I was very grateful at the end of the night that the second race happened because it meant everyone almost forgot what happened in the first race. Um, <laughs> I didn't look, forget. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt so bad, mate. And I, I someone said to me, they went and checked out your, screen, your stream. I was, too scared to and you, you weren't even unkind so i appreciate that look it's fine like i said it's oval racing and when you've done what we do 30 laps when you've done 25 yeah. 26 it laps 25 really good laps, close yeah, racing yeah. i was more frustrated at the the width of the track compared to the cars on the track so cool if you can bump draft if you can actually hit cars and, and push them around and stuff like that and take a few bumps talladega style tracks are great but when you're skippies and if you're so fragile, if you touch someone, you're out. You need that breaking zone. You need you that need way something. to be able to get ahead of people. Some sort of point of differentiation, happen. yeah? Like, yeah. Look, I, and that's my, what I was frustrated at the most out of all. Yeah, and I knew it yeah, was going to be like that. Yeah, look, I I, I sat there uh, essentially grinding my teeth for 25 laps, um, frustrated a couple of things going on around me. So uh, I think someone said James was saving fuel. So there was a gap opening up on the exit of corners. Yes. That was you know. the other issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, you didn't need to save fuel. But anyway, so he I was think, lifting and, and it was opening He actually up. did. I think he so, did. Did he? Yeah. What? I think he did. Really? Okay. Full throttle right. the whole way around. We found that last time at Dover too. Full throttle all okay. the way around pretty much put you on 30 on the dot. So okay. the people behind had to lift, so they weren't uh, a problem. Okay. But okay. being at the front where you had to create the pace was a serious problem. So Okay, fair enough. I, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, but what that meant was um, the three lanes became two, the top the guy in the middle, I think, it was Sean, and it didn't matter who it was. They, they, you know, do. So what I would find, I was sitting in the middle in the second row, and what I would find was the the, the three cars in front of me. One had pulled back, right? So the inside yeah. line was gone. The middle line would pull to the inside, and I have this massive gap in between. I'd have yeah. all the run, all the draft, the side draft from the two cars. But by the time we came to the next corner, Sean moved back up to the middle. James came out, yeah. and so I spent twenty five laps doing that. Poking the nose. It's all I was doing back two cars behind you on the outside. Poking the nose in, getting it and having to pull out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. And then I thought, okay, you know, we've been essentially at in gridlock in fifth gear for however long. Um, And I decided, you know, I came really close a couple of times to, to getting into that gap. And this one time that I sort of did, the guy outside me, I can't remember who it was, he he turned in 
I don't know whether he knew there were four of us or not. He turned in what I would suggest was a bit earlier and it caught me by surprise. Um, it may have been fine because I hadn't done it. You know, I talk about practising multiple lines. I hadn't practised four wide, so, you know, shoot me. <laughs> um, uh, and so I got a bit of a surprise and I, I went in a bit and then I was worried about hitting the person on inside and I just wobbled more than I would have liked. It, it didn't take much. The, the margins yeah. were so small. Yeah. Um, and, you know, realistically in my head I'm thinking my alternative is I get fourth after sitting here in gridlock for 30 laps or yeah. at best, that's, right? That's where yeah, I felt I like was, you got to do something. Yeah, that's where know? I was frustrated the most because I knew how important quality was and I didn't get quality right. So I knew my race was over before I even went in because I, especially once the, the five-lap rule came in, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, there's yeah, literally yeah, nothing yeah. I can do. I've just qualified yeah. myself, what, 11th or 10th or 8th or whatever it was. That's where I'm going to finish at best. So. Yeah, and I, look, I, I walked away from it and I was as frustrated with myself uh, for making, you know, what turns out to be a dumb decision. If it comes off, it's, you know, it's it's a, you're a champ, right? And if you yeah. don't, you're a chump. So I walked away as a chump and, you know, uh, by the time I, I almost didn't, I almost pulled the pin at that point. I was so disappointed and, and frustrated. And then, Lucky you didn't, uh, hey? Yeah, well, in <laughs> race two, can I tell Lucky you? Lucky yeah, they, they called out. Um, they called me out in the in the in the interview afterwards. Oh, what happened to Equally in race two? And I, I was honest. I said I was a bit of a sad sack and a sook, and I wasn't going to quali or anything. And then I, I remembered halfway in the outlap that we had a teams championship, so I didn't want to let AJ down. So I, tr- I tried to put a lap in, but that was all I could do without the momentum. But yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, my, yeah. My, my races. I basically, I, like I said, I, I actually. I was not feeling the best and I hadn't done any practice. So my tactic was the one thing I knew about Dover is I could sit on that inside line and drive around and not really make any mistakes. So my, my tactic for the night was, you know what? I feel like rubbish. I'll just sit on this inside line, follow whoever's there. And I knew that that's the generally the best spot to be. If there is an accident is down there, you got the apron and most of the cars wash out towards the outside anyway. Um, And yeah, I managed to miss that, that um, accident. I had a, decent i once i once that accident had happened and things opened up a little bit i tried to follow aj uh, out to the outside line and try and make something happen um and ended up getting myself back into the middle line and then just out of the last turn ash hit me um gave me a 4x which wasn't great <laughs> so lost the two two bonus points for that and ran across the line in seven eight eighth i think was yeah not a bit of a nothing race for myself to be honest so yeah, then race two happened, and I qualified even further back. And <laughs> well, look, okay, he, uh, Daniel Wimby got dis- got disqualified. Okay, he's Again. out of Aussie car altogether. Things yeah. have happened. I'm not talking about what happened afterwards in in the war of words that's happened on social media and in Discord since then. I'm not having any part of that. However, the, he made a mistake at the front for the third time in three races, and he took out not uh, not not just some of the field, but all bar seven cars of a 27 yes. strong field or 24 strong field uh, got tangled up in this. And like, I thought I got around the, the worst and then it was a white knuckle car came flying from nowhere from the inside that obviously got belted and well, just wedged me into the wall. And that was the end of my race. Um, well, I thought that I had pulled off like the greatest yeah. <laughs> escape in the history of driving, like going left, going right. I didn't even realize at the time I almost killed you in the process, Alex, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was you. Wasn't yeah. It? <laughs> I, I didn't realize I it too. It was up. a pink and blue car that came up and I thought, Oh, okay. Cause I backed right out. And I thought, Oh, I got through here. And suddenly wham. Yeah. From the side. Yeah. So I got down to, 
the I went around to the right and then I had to go down to the bottom. I net coded into Ira, which completely flipped him, but I didn't get any damage. So I was like, oh wow, I've escaped that. Then another car spun right in front of me, so I had to go around them. And I think because of that, like I just panicked and turned up a little bit too hard. And then you had to sort of go up to the right a little bit. And then we both sort of were alongside. And I was like, it was almost that moment where I'm like, oh, I could take a deep breath. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sean just comes shooting across the middle of the road. And I went left when I should have went right. And it was game over. And I, I was just like, and then I realized after he's actually yelling at Wilco, I think, for ramming him. <laughs> I thought he was yelling at me for hitting him. I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I was like, all over the place. So I apologize. I didn't ram me. anyone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know who I it d- was. I think it was you. I d- I didn't even look at the replay, but I was just on the outside. All of a sudden, someone hit me from the from the inside from the uh, outside. Oh, maybe that's what it was. But yeah, Mate, I don't know. Oh, from it the inside, yeah. Cra- it was just crazy. I-, I literally thought I'd pulled off the great escape, and it just all came crashing down at the end. <laughs> I can't. You know, we- we've done what's that? Our fourth oval, uh, first first oh, yellow. Oh. But geez, we made a count, right? <laughs> yeah. know, like that was crazy. Look, so yeah, I- seven. Seven cars got through, and that's what I'm like. What's he? He killed the server and start again. We do a, just a sprint <laughs> race now, or what do we do now? And like, I had twenty second, twenty minutes of repairs, and I'm like, well, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. This so, just... so I had six and a half of required and seven and a half of optional, and I just took the gamble. Of like, oh, I'll just try and do a lap and see if the car's fine. It actually seemed pretty much fine. Mm-hmm. So I ended up managing to get back to seventh because. A couple of people that did manage to get through made mistakes later in the race, which was disappointing for them, but hey, it was great for me. I ended up somehow having a better result in race two than I did in race one. <laughs> so <laughs> I finished 13 laps down and did better than the first race, So where, yeah, where, so... I, where, where I was three-tenths off the win. <laughs> yeah. See, that was the problem. I think mine was 16 minutes of uh, required and then like another 10 of optional. So that's just like, I'm, not, I'm out. Yeah. And then the, the mood I was in after the hail and everything else and, and oh, race one, yeah. I'm just like, nah, I'm out. That's it. And that's, then that's um, not a good night out. No, but then well, congrats be massive congratulations to Leon Williams snagging yeah. third yes. and getting on the podium for his first ever time. And that's that's what pissed me off the most, to be honest. <laughs> the fact that I jumped out the out first and oh. then went, Well, I missed this. Like I could I should have been there when when he done it. And I think it was the same thing we had um Chasty or no, Mitesy got Got uh, annoyed one time and, and rage quit, and Chasty won the first race of his Aussie car career. Uh, we have a habit of doing that with Locked On, so every someone's got to rage quit each week, please, um, from now on. But yeah, that that's what annoyed me the most—the fact that I wasn't there to celebrate with Leon. I didn't find out till after the race, and I'm like, hold on, that's his Leon Williams got third. What the hell? That yeah, I so forgot. Good, I was so. gonna. I was gonna congratulate him uh, on on sim speed as well. I, I forgot to do that. Look, if I had one comment uh, about uh, the affectionately known Mayor Quimby and his uh, <laughs> his uh, his thing the other night, like I I've done some practice laps with him, and I found him uh, a little bit unaware of that, that what's around him. I understand, and he could be any age, but I understand he's fairly young. Uh, I, I I hear whispers that he's had some karting experience and. And this, that, and the other thing. My sort of feeling on that, and I, and I looked after when he joined, and I had a couple of things in in, in practice that made me think, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I had a look at his iRacing history. His i rating was pretty low, um, and uh, and it just it really sort of smacked of someone uh, with inexperience uh, and uh, perhaps. Uh, lacking the awareness and dare I say the wisdom that might come with a bit more experience, 
And I think that showed on the track and potentially off the track. I think there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of potentially pardons given if there was uh, an expression of remorse or, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, guys, I, I had no intent of doing, so of causing that. Um, even though if you look at the actions on track, they were completely out of character of what you would expect it, of a good skippy driver and of, of a good driver in, in, in Aussie car. I think, um, I hope uh, that uh, he takes the time to, to look at and, and learn from it. And, and that's all I could ask. But I hope, I hope other people just take the time to cut the kid a, a little bit of slack as well. Uh, and recognize that he's, he's probably got a long way to go in his, in his life and in his, in his eye racing. Yeah. And that's yeah. where it's tricky. Like you just see a name on eye racing. You don't look at a profile. You don't, you know, you don't really know who you're racing against it at all, except for a name. Um, and yeah, you know, a 13 year old kid we, we don't know even if the you know if if that's what he is like whether it's you know we don't want you talking on voice chat because you don't know who these people are which is yeah. you know a perfectly valid reason for um you know for, for no voice chat or whatever but i think um as well i guess if you are young i suppose as 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 the, the adult around maybe that's where you might need to make some communication on behalf or something and and i think yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one when there's people with varying ages, especially especially young. But, you know, we're all here to race. And at, at the end of the day, we take it pretty seriously. And, you know, if you, you can't fall into that ethos of being, you know, respectful and, and, and you know, safe on the track, then it's going to make it hard. And there's always going to be these flare-ups, I suppose. Yeah, I hope that um, I hope that he he takes the opportunity to reflect and learn from it. I always think back to someone like Michael Jordan, you know, the greatest of all time in, in the eyes of many. Couldn't make his college run on squad to begin with, right? He went away, learnt from it, became you know one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever. So there's these opportunities to to walk away and learn something, and I hope hope Daniel does that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's what what we all want. Just learning from it. That's the main thing. Uh, so we're now an hour into the podcast. This is this could basically be a podcast to itself. So, but we will go into the the actual news and results, which is what this whole thing's about. Uh, so news and results brought to you by driveclub.net.au and CD Syntography. Well done. We're going to talk about uh, Clayton Davies in a sec and how well he went uh, and how well he's going. But yeah, go check out CD Syntography on Facebook. Uh, definitely like his stuff, share his stuff, and get some uh, prints if you can. But let's go into the actual iRacing news and results. Oh, sorry, news and updates first. Um, I've got a quick one for you all. So I recorded something with Brady Baldwin during the week. This is where we talk about Clayton Davies. Uh, the ODSE Championship for the 360 Sprint Cars was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've unfortunately missed it, so he's here to wrap it up, and he's also here to preview what's happening and, and invite you all to go into the 410 Sprint Car Championship, which is happening uh, next month. So uh, here it is. Take it away, Brady. And welcome to the podcast yet again, Brady Baldwin. How you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, uh, exhausted, but you know that. That's what I am always this time of year. Um, we haven't talked to you in a while. We haven't seen ODSE for a while until just recently. Welcome. Congratulations on coming back. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, thought we'd uh, get it back in the gear. And um, I think it was about four months we had off and um, decided to get straight into it with some big events to round out uh, 2021 before we um, get stuck in a bit more uh, next year. Excellent. So 
what we're here to talk about tonight is we've just had the ODSC Sprint Car Championships with the 360s, and we've got the 410s coming up next month. Now, what was it like to be back in action and, and racing again on, on Sim Speed? Yeah, it was certainly different. Um, I've been doing a little bit of racing myself um, in the time off because obviously doing race control and all that, running the event, you don't, you can't really race. So um, it was a little bit different, you know, being back in race control and all that. But um, I'm glad the racing was really uh, good. I think it's some of the best racing we've ever had. Um, so I'm glad, you know, sort of everyone sort of took it a bit more respectfully um, in our first race back and excited for um, actually what the future holds after um, the 360 championship. So did we see many changes in the championship compared to the actual sprint series that we had earlier on this year? Uh, no, it was pretty much, you know, the same sort of guys, you know, turn up and raced. Um, we sort of ran a bit of a new format. Um, it was just a two-day event um, instead of, you know, a six-round series over six weeks. So um, yep. it was something new for the drivers and something new for me and probably in Australian dirt racing more so. And it worked out quite well. Um, everyone seemed to enjoy it. Um, and we're going to run a pretty similar format for the 410 Championship coming up with a few little tweaks and stuff we've learnt from this race we'll put into the next one and hopefully make it bigger and better. Excellent. So let's talk about the event. How do you want to run down the results? I can see a name up front that we, we'll get to in a sec that won it. But what happened on day one, I guess? So day one was on the Thursday night. So... Um, I think we had about 70-odd entries for it. Um, don't quote me on that. It was 70 to 75 entries. Yeah. So we split the split them into two groups. Um, so, um, yeah, 35 cars each, something like that. Um, and then so everyone got a qualifying, um, two heat races, and um, you'd accumulate points from all that. And then we had a 16-car A-main, um, which you get a few bonus points for. Yep. So we pretty much did that twice on Thursday night. So um, it d- went quite well. Um, we pretty much ran everything back-to-back. We had really no dramas with it. All the drivers cooperated um, with multiple servers and everything like that. So that was really good. First time we've sort of tried something like that. It worked really well. Um, group 1, uh, Josh Barry, my teammate, took out the win over... It was Clayton Davies and Harry Stewart was the top three in um, Group 1, that was a really good race. And then Group 2, which was a late server, uh, Joel Berkeley got the win in that one. Um, I can't actually recall who finished on the podium. I think it was Braden Miller and Braden Shoot, I believe, were on the podium in that one. Yep. Um, and then pretty much all their points that everyone accumulated from the Thursday seeded them on Sunday. Um, so Sunday, which was all broadcasted on um, SimSpeed, we had just the C-Main, a B main and an A main on Sunday. Okay. Um, three different servers in each one. So um, it was a little bit hectic and, you know, <laughs> hoping everything went to plan. Um, we only had one little hiccup um, on the Thursday with sort of iRacing, you know, doing iRacing things with the heat format and all that. But um, other than that, the event went really smoothly um, and the racing was top notch. Excellent. So let's get to those Sunday results. Now, what do you want to do each each main, or do you want to go straight to the overall winner? Uh, we'll just go straight to the overall winner. Um, first off, the race was really, really good. Um, as I said, it's one of the best races we've had in quite a while. Um, 
and obviously since we last talked, the sprint cars um, got an updated tyre model as well. So the cars are a little bit different. Um, they race a little bit different. The track's wearing a bit different. Um, but it's usually the same guys up the front, which um, proved case in point that uh, yeah, Clayton Davies, Clayton Davies took out the win. Um, and it, it was a fantastic battle. Um, if you didn't get to see it, go back on the SimSpeed um, YouTube channel and have a look at the race because uh, Davies, uh, it was Joel Berkeley and um, Brian Shute. Uh, it was a fantastic race between those three. Uh, unfortunately for Joel, he got into the wall with two laps to go and um, pretty much ended his race. And then Brian did the exact same thing on the last lap and um, he managed to limp it home. But it was uh, Clayton pretty much did everything right, drove a great race. Um, Josh Barry came home in second and uh, Darcy Wilson, who's usually a tin top driver, he actually surprised me, he did really well, um, came home in third. So, yeah, it was a great event. Excellent. So... Quickly shout out the sponsors for that race, and then we'll move into the. We'll go to what's happening with the four tens. Yeah, obviously, um, SimSpeed for broadcasting it. Um, you know, they're top notch. I've actually missed watching the dirt broadcast for SimSpeed because they're just the best quality in the business. Um, obviously, CD Simtography, Clayton Davies, you know, support the event. All the cool photos we had. Um, we got signs made up for the top three and the hard charger, which all got sent out to the drivers. So that was pretty cool. Something else a little bit different to you know, yep. any other dirt league. And um, Joe Daly at Sydney Computers as well. Massive shout out for hit, uh, sponsoring the event as well. Excellent. So you're at Cedar Lake. I don't think we mentioned that at the start. Yeah, yeah. Did. Sorry. Yeah. The, the championship <laughs> was at Cedar Lake yeah, for the 360s. Oh, yeah. Cool. So what's happening with the 410s uh, in November? So at the end of November 20th, would you say 26th, 28th? Uh, 20, the 25th is the prelim night, um, the qualifying okay. night on the Thursday again, and then the 28th will okay. be the finals night. Um, just trying to work in with sort of, it's coming to the end of the VH Scop season. Um, yes. So just trying to find a weekend that Sim Speed were free on a Sunday and I was free on a Sunday. Um, so yeah, that was sort of when we got in and um, track's undecided at the moment. Uh, we're doing a bit of testing um over the next week or two to try and find a track that can uh, race really well because with the new time and all the racing is a little bit um a little bit different for the better but we just don't know um what track's gonna provide the best racing so yeah we've got to narrow down to two or three so um we'll announce that in the next week or so and um yeah looking forward to it. i think we've already got up to 40 entries uh we opened it up very early so i'm expecting it to um fill up in the next week or so, next couple of weeks before the event um, and get another good card count. So let people know where they can go if they do, are interested in registering for the 410 Championship. So just search Oceanic Dirt Sim Events um, on Facebook um, and it'll be one of our most recent posts and there'll be a sign-up form there and fill that out. And then um, you join our drivers group on Facebook, which pretty much is just more up-to-date stuff of what we're doing instead of influxing our Facebook page with it. Um, yep. Yeah, just jump straight on there and um, have a look at it. Excellent. Any other little sneaky uh, things that are coming up for ODSE or everything's in the new year now after this? Um, at this stage, this will be our last event this year. Um, don't With um, you know real racing commitments, not me racing myself, but I'm working on a sprint car team now, so most of my weekends and stuff like that are filled up with real racing. So... Um, and possibly traveling if the borders open, let's hope. Um, oh, so, hope we're, so we're not committing to anything um, probably till March 
um because okay. we could be i could be going to perth in february so um wow. hopefully we'll be back in march could be earlier if um you know borders stay shut and we can't travel anywhere but um at this age this will be our last event of the year and then um we got three planned series to do uh next year um and then obviously we'll rerun these titles uh again at the end of the year and a few other sort of special events um thrown in there just to you know spice it up so it should be pretty good excellent well thank you so much for your time brady baldwin and we'll hopefully talk to you again at the end of november early december and we'll catch up on what happens in the four tens for everyone sounds good Wilco. thanks for having me on mate no problems thank you brady and well done to clayton davies again for taking out that championship and looking forward to seeing more dirt sprint cars on sim speed going forward and looking forward to what happening next year but Let's move into, we had a bit of a chat last week um, about the Porsche announcement. Now, Mike has jumped in our Discord to let us know there's been a slight change to what they announced last week. Uh, pretty much the dates have changed. So pre-quality is now the 24th to the 26th of November. So if you're interested in that series, you've got a little bit longer now uh, to get ready for the race. Uh, and the race itself is on Sunday, the 28th of November um so look out for that there is also a change that apparently iRacing pro license drivers weren't able to qual uh to to register uh if you now have a pro license you are able to register register for this race so uh go in and uh get into that if you're keen for some porsches but as long as they're not real life australian porsche carrera cup drivers Sorry, yeah, that's a very small people to to have to talk to, and I don't think many of them are listening to this podcast. But hey, yes, hey, you never know. Got to got to cover all bases. Uh, but like I said, we we did it again. We dropped the podcast, and iRacing went cool. They've announced stuff. Let's go in and announce ourselves our own stuff. We now have the Brazil Stock Pro Series cars coming to iRacing in twenty twenty two. Braden, you're all over this. Corollas are finally coming to uh, iRacing, but not the way that we expected. <laughs> yeah, no. So um, as far as I'm aware, basically the Brazil stock cars are basically Brazil's V8 supercars uh, type deal. So rear-wheel drive, lots of power, um, basically just a shell of a Chevy Cruze and a Toyota Corolla. So not really uh, much Toyota left in that car, I would assume. Um, but some pretty famous drivers have gone through the series. Felipe Massa, Jacques Villeneuve, I think, um, uh, Tony Kanaan, and currently, I think Alex was saying earlier that Rubens Barrichello is third in the championship or, or second or something. Yeah, no, he's sitting third at the moment, yeah. Yes. And he's won it before too. Yeah, so some pretty uh, big names have raced in the series, uh, obviously. I'm assuming they'd be racing at Interlagos. Uh, quite a bit over there in Brazil. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't really know what to make of it. I Like, I think at the moment we're in this really weird spot with iRacing where participation's kind of low and adding more cars to split the participation even more almost isn't great, but they kind of need to bring more content to try and get more people in. So yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. Like, it's cool, new cars, will I drive them? Probably not, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I don't drive... If I was going to drive a V8 supercar type car being an Australian, I'd probably drive the V8 supercar, not a Brazilian stock car. Um, but, I mean, yeah, new content's cool. But, yeah, I just... I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day, like, with 
races at, with certain cars not going official at times and even you know even in the skippy which is a super popular car at times having one split where there's drivers of 300 i rating against people with 6000 i rating like like do we really need more cars to to split that tiny pool even more i, I don't know that's just i assume this I is another result of something like the v8s where we're getting the all the australian cars so v8s is committed to doing some stuff with iRacing. iRacing is committing to do some stuff for v8s so i assume yeah. brazil stock pro series has gone well we'll happily do some stuff with you guys we'll do a virtual series or whatever but we need our cars obviously in the game and we need a few more brazilian tracks or tracks that we race so i i, I assume alongside this announcement will be here's some tracks as well from from the local area that we we're putting in as well yeah look 100 percent, it's going to split it up but that's where they need to go okay so instead of a we'll still have a v8 series okay but instead of this series we're going to now put these cars in with that series so you're going to have more multi car races so whether it's okay the the v8s and the the, the brazil's pro stock cars are, are racing together in a series instead of something else as an official series and we're going to handicap a you know the, the v8s by by 10 percent or something rather for this race we'll add some weight to it to make them you know make it work but i think that's where you're going to see more of it where the, the officials become instead of just being the skippy series it's the op- slow open wheelers or you know there's things like that obviously they won't do that with skippies but instead of being you know, you know the the vrs series might then start including a an, an extra car and, and that's where where they've gone to eight maybe they go to 10 cars in a in a race series so you've got more option give people more option to to get into it um but still not expanding the 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 pool as such so i don't think they're going to have a, a just a straight up this is just a, an official series of, for the brazil stock pro series they may do that for a while but i think what they what we're seeing from iRacing racing too is that they're, they're subbing series in and out so they're still using the same cars but this this season we're not doing this series but we're going to replace it with this series which is pretty similar um but it includes these these cars now so why don't you have a look at these and see how they go um but yeah, it's it is confusing. Really, really interesting. I'd love to be in the room to know the thinking behind why these cars. It is, you know, it's got to be said money. It might be has to be. Well, money. yeah, but there, there's there's got to be a demographic and a market and, and a yeah. driver for it, right? Um, I've just noticed that uh, Felipe Massa drives in that series as well. Although, mm. thank you, thank you, Google Translate uh, <laughs> that on his on his web on the site there, his name's Philip Pasta, so <laughs> but it's Felipe Massa. Um, look, uh, yeah, look, when we talk about content uh, and and participation and spreading the participation. I look at open wheelers and and um, open wheels is a problem right now. It, it's man, it's been a problem for and a while. And they're putting more know. in. Is the, yeah, is... you know, like you had, and I, I mentioned it once before on, on the podcast. Um, that my favorite car of all time is actually the Pro Mazda. I loved how that drive, uh, how that drives. Why would you do the Pro Mazda uh, when there's so many other cars to choose from? And uh, mate, it was it was dead when I fell in love with it, right? And yeah. um, and then they introduced five more open wheelers and cars that aren't that don't differentiate enough. Uh, but the open wheeler community is small enough, such that um, you divide them amongst five or six quite yes. similar cars, and you've got no series that are active outside of the skippies. So how do right? you fix that? Well, I, you know, do you, do you I, moonlight some cars? Do you do this season is only 
Mazda. So if you want open wheel fix, that's your your, your this. I don't or... know. I don't know. I, the driver I see for new content is you're bringing in new people who identify with current cars, right? Whereas um, if you have a, a car like a Pro Mazda, which is um, how old it is compared to a Formula Renault 3.5 or a, uh, an F3 or whatever, um, you struggle to draw in the new crowd. Uh, the old crowd might be happy and they might pay their sales, but you're not drawing in new eyes that potentially then offset those that might, you know, hashtag or inverted commas retire. So, look, I, I can only assume that this is trying to draw in a market from uh, South America um, and that's that's the series that might be the most popular there. I mean, there's certainly some brilliant names in the real life series. So let's see uh, let's see who they can draw in there. What do you reckon? Yeah, that's right. And I guess I guess South America is a massive population. You know, sometimes we forget <laughs> living over here in little old Australia. Although we take up a lot of space, we don't really have a lot of people. So you know, with such a, a big population, that might actually be you know a, a massive money um injection i suppose for for our racing and, and definitely a lot of potential customers so you know although it doesn't necessarily appeal to us or or i'm assuming probably the large majority of people in australia specifically that's a that's a big market you're trying to tap into so especially um, if they turn around and then do put on a, a, an e-series or, or or the likes which all of a sudden, you've got all those eyes in in South America that are watching it, going, "What is this? Why does that look so good? How do I get that?" It's it's a new market and money. Alternatively, mate. Alternatively, you end up uh, that series that has the Audi, the four wheel drive Audi, and that beautiful Nissan. Uh, I, I drove that Nissan once. It's like a I don't know a it's flying like wing of some sort. Le Mans looking car. Thing. Yeah, that that thing was brilliant to drive. I really enjoyed it. Um, but that thing was dead the day it was released. That that yeah. series, like it didn't even get a like it was a spotlight series and everything. And they got one race a week uh, <laughs> that kind of went official, not much else. And it was dead from the day it was released. You know, I I, I can't see the value in that stuff. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's um. It's going to be interesting, especially the next year, especially if they, the numbers, we're out of COVID just about, look, in those 12 months we'll be fully out of COVID and the numbers will be back to where they probably should be and we'll have to see whether the esports, actual esports side of it can pick it up. But um, to, to do that, you've obviously got to have many series making lots of money. And look, if, if they turned around and said, hey, we're going to put on a $50,000 um, Brazil Stock Pro Series Championship at, in the mid-season, everyone get ready for it and qualify for it and the money's being brought to you by the local local teams or the sponsors or whatever it doesn't cost them any money and all of a sudden that car gets a spotlight and, and gets the raise so that's where they've really got to start pushing it but i don't know if they're going to be doing that so um but it's the same like people overseas again why are they putting the v8 supercars in in yeah. racing like we don't, yeah. well, we don't care about that <laughs> so. exactly it's it's funny people out people don't realise in Australia outside of Australia no one really cares about that kind of stuff so um, yeah but let's move on to the look oh, I don't know whether I want to mention this but there's rumour floating around we heard it in a in a in a chat of a YouTube uh, <laughs> about a big five series that's Soft, coming in next solid year. sources solid there's no source here we're not double checking or triple checking anything but keep an eye out for um, them actually doing a bit more work to bring all the Enduros together, all the major Enduros, the big five of them, uh, and offering up a, a championship around that. But, yeah, that, look, it'd be a good idea. I, I, I love the idea because, cool, we're already looking at the Daytona 24 and we're looking at the Bathurst 12-hour because, 
you know, they're standout events. But then if you throw in Le Mans uh, and the Petit Le Mans or whatever or the, other, the other ones are they're talking about, then, you know, that, that gives me a bit more incentive to, hey, we'll, we've done three of them. Why don't we just, if there's a series points on the line, let's just do those last ones. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that, that, that the special events are cool, but they don't have any flow on through the rest of the year. It's just like, cool, I went in the Bathurst 12-hour and, and got 14th and, you know, I survived. But now it's like, okay, we did okay in the, the, the Daytona. We did okay in the Bathurst. Now let's let's practice for Le Mans or the, the Nuremberg. Um, Nuremberg, sorry. Apologies, Cal. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think of that? Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, I, I'm guessing, like, if it runs alongside the, I don't know how it would work if, if that runs alongside the, um, the obviously the R Racing official series. So I'd be interested to see how it's structured or, or whatever. But, and the problem is, you know, if it's not run alongside that and it's done at different times, like 24 hour races or long just, races, you know, or you know, it's. I to, assume to, it's going to be just this is the, the the special event. Cool if you race in this year, points for it. Yeah, and that's, um, that's yeah, and, and if that's the case, and that's fine. It'd be interesting to see how they structure splits, and you know, if they do a SNL type points thing, or you know, there's a lot of splits in those um, special races that you'd have to take it account yeah. for. But yeah, it's they've an got the systems. Concept, and, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Are we going to see um, Alex McKellar driving around? Upside down or roof roof off at all in the, in oh, the mate, Enduro? Yeah, the, close, the, the closest thing that I the, we did it at Le Mans in an HPD that doesn't that doesn't have a roof, so <laughs> maybe we'll wheel that out again. Look, I um, think we I, get the I, locked on um, uh, BMW. We split it down the middle. We do pink and blue on one side and green and white <laughs> green on, the on the other, and we just go for it. Yeah, look, it's uh, I've enjoyed doing enduro events. They really do add that fantastic mix of team and camaraderie. And, and, and if they can successfully tie together a season of those, string them all together and connect them, uh, I think there'll be some really big interest. I mean, I look at some of the big skippy drivers. Obviously, that's the community that I move in. Um, some of them drift away for a while and they will focus on keeping I-rating up to the max, you know, 7 and 8K range because uh, they're really high-quality drivers that like driving the skips, but they get drawn into driving with a team and they want to protect that I-rating, keep it up so that when these big events come along, they can compete and be at at the highest level. And like I said, if you can connect some of those uh, independent events together in a series, I think you could generate some really good interest because people really identify with the team part of it and you don't get it in other forms of racing. You very rarely get it in any other games out there. Like there's no other racing game you can do this in as far as I'm aware um, without backdooring it. But um, yeah, it's it's a major aspect that they need to focus on, to be honest. If that's... What they want, um, they want our racing to be the pinnacle. Then, especially you know, they're, they're talking about weather, rain, all that kind of stuff. Then, enduros is obviously a focus for them. But it seems like they are actually focusing on everything instead of it does at the moment. Because like we've got cars, trucks, rain, damage models, new tire models. There's like there's something every you know month or something that we go, oh, that's another thing I wasn't expecting. So it is good. But that's the thing of to to keep the money coming in, you have to release new content every every what twelve every three months. So what do you do if if your only revenue source? Well, they've got the subscription model. Yeah, cool. But that's a big major part. Is every time they release a new car, they get a whole chunk of money, or release a new track, they get a whole chunk of money. So the, the one how do you thing... balance that? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, mate, the one thing, and and I don't know if I've said it before, the one thing that I hope they're doing, and I know that it will be an absolutely significant undertaking, the the core engine of the game of the sim is over a decade old. Yeah. Right. I would love to um, see. I was only thinking about it the other day. I'm like, why can't we get them to work with NVIDIA and get RTX in here? Because, you know, the the the, the upscaling that, 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 that the RTX engines can do, um, obviously you need a whole new, well, I assume you need a whole new engine, but to be able to turn on um, ND, NDS and, and, and all that, and DSL and, and all that kind of stuff on my rig that runs at 70 frames per second at a, a, one, a 1440, to then be able to go, okay, well, I'm actually running at 120 at 1440 for no extra thing because I've got an RTX card sitting in there and it would just look crisper and cleaner and stuff like that. And, and look, it looks great and looks great on broadcasts, but to run that, you need a, a massive thing. And then the CPU usage is a big problem. So overhauling yeah. all that, especially when you're going to be chucking in rain and all that kind of stuff, your CPU is just going to go, oh, nah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, exactly. And, and go back I, to 720p, I, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, I wonder you know how far they can stretch this thing there's been a few things uh where they've made they've introduced things and i go oh you know that's really starting to stretch the friendship as far as hardware goes and i yeah. wonder you know with the graphics they got today if they push it too much further and we want to upscale whatever it is it's going to be like playing a ps1 on a on a flat screen tv these days the your know, pixels the size of house bricks you know yeah. so uh, if 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 they are or thinking about it, I hope they are because I think that would bring a new generation and revolutionise iRacing if they could well, take the, the core thing. principles that they've got, the core yeah. principles, the stats, the the structure of the racing, the seasons, all that stuff that works just so well and tie that to what is a massive undertaking of redoing an engine for, for a platform like that. If they could pull that off successfully, oh, mate, they'd have me for life. Yeah, well, just imagine the broadcast ability then. Oh, um, yeah. And, the new you, APIs, you, the stuff that you could, you know, yeah, yeah just amazing. Well, they've got 10 years of knowledge or more than 10 years of knowledge now that they can work on. Look, we couldn't do this. I've, I've seen it in many other games where we built this engine for this game for four or five years. We released it. Then we realized it can't do what we want it to do. Like we've got all these other ambitions now. We just physically can't do it. We have to, that's why the sequels come out Um like so quickly because cool we actually need a whole different engine we need to rework stuff so apis so everything like that can can work better and yeah so but for them to be going on this long with this engine is 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 nuts for starters but it's the next they've done pretty well with what they got right so so if you put weather in there like realistically besides nailing down on absolutely everything and, and and fixing a few bugs like the engine is the next step so it's just yeah, the biggest stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that I hope it's on their on their radar at some point, you know. Or I guess we'll the, know the mini series in the back of Italy that has about a hundred thousand viewers needs <laughs> that could be the other next step that they I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or the knows? Red Bull Billy Cart race that yeah. they do, right? Yeah. There's no Billy Carts in there, mate. Bomb your V down the <laughs> hill climb. Like <laughs> that's and that's, see, that's another thing. Like we've got the hill climb. Like where's the next where did step of that? Where did where, that come where's from? the next step? Like where's it going? <laughs> This is the thing. It's just in there. It's like um, someone threw a dart at the board and hit the hit the hill climb board. Okay, cool. That's Mate, back doing. of a beer coaster at the last Christmas party. That's what I reckon. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like you just don't want them to be the uh, end up becoming the jack of all trades, but and the master, the master of, none. of none. Really, you know that yeah. you don't want them spreading themselves too thin. Over cool. Over I want I want my dirt racing, so I go to to dirt, and I want my Formula 1 racing, so I go to Formula 1. I want my V8s because all of a sudden the V8 comp- competitor comes in. But, 
you know, they've got enough of the market sewn up. Uh, They really probably should be focusing on. Anyway, I don't know. New engine, new engine, and I rating per car, please. Oh, I racing. That's yeah. on my Christmas yeah. list. I rating per car. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it forever, but I just see like that. That's, that's the most simple thing to implement. It can't possibly be that hard to code. Coming from someone who does not code anything, but, but like <laughs> the code is there. It's just applying it to a different car. Like it drives me insane. The amount of times I just look at the rig and go, ah. I won't. I don't want to drive a skippy right now, but I'm not going to go do a race in anything else because I'm not losing my I rating. Like it's just, it, I would be on there so much more if I didn't have to worry about my I rating for those other cars. It drives me insane. But anyway, that's a story for a whole podcast in itself, just about, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. It is. the, 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 yeah. Even even if like, you can't turn I rating like self turn I rating off on your end, but maybe if it's in a car that you, I don't know. There's got to be allowances. I've heard, mate, yeah. I've heard people come up with different ideas, but the fact that they can have an I rating for oval, dirt oval, you know, dirt, yeah. uh, rally geeks and, and road. And especially when they they're expanding all those and they want you to go in everything. Yeah, makes sense. It's, yeah, it, 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 it perfectly makes sense. But like matchmaking, it's basically, it's 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 just open, showing you your your ELO score in your matchmaking. In, in exactly things, right. So. No, you're 100%. And, and, and you, you, get, know, you get different ones for different, types of games that you play so yes yeah, yeah. No, it's exactly i rating is was designed as a matchmaking system that's yeah. exactly what it is and they've just exposed it and everyone's attached the meaning to it yeah okay cool let's move into the <laughs> results because that was about 20 minutes i honestly i rolled through it i'm like oh cool it's gonna be a three minute news section sweet don't have to worry about anything <laughs> tangents oh, no, are us We're too, much, too much fun these days you know that's it. Uh, let's get into the news and results brought to you by our Discord. Thank you to the people who dropped into our Discord. For some reason, apparently the link's not working on our website, but lockedonlads.com slash Discord is the way to get in there. If not, message me. Hit me up on that website. Apparently, I get messages from that too. I found out when someone joined us this week. So uh, thank you to everyone who is joining us. But let's head to... Uh, so look, I'd love to give you Scott's results, but uh, unfortunately, Jay Kennedy was ill. Uh, I haven't found out if he's going well. So head... Uh, our thoughts are with him. Uh, hopefully you are better than you were feeling on Sunday and he obviously wasn't able to broadcast. Scops, I don't have any results, unfortunately, because I just haven't had time to follow it up. Um, but congratulations to Chastity for making split one. Um, we'll yeah, do that job. for starters. Um, but, yeah, we, we can't really bring you those results from, um, was it Belle Isle, I think? Uh, Long... Long Beach. Beach one, I think. Yeah. One of the ro- the road roadie tracks, but yeah, um, hopefully we'll catch up on that fairly soon. But yeah, thoughts one of out those there tracks with roads. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, let's go to SNL because that's the next thing on the run sheet. The official results: Alex McKellar. Tell us how everyone went. No, it was good. Um, we talked a bit about you know the the type of track it was and the nature of it. But I, from a pure well, from a broadcasting perspective, but also as a, a as an enthusiast watching, found it a really entertaining race. And I think though you had to be an enthusiast to to get right into it because um, there was one point and I remember it specifically in the race where there was this this front pack of ten cars and there were three or four discrete battles going on through the same sector 
uh, in that pack. And it was, again, from, from an enthusiast perspective, it was a really enjoyable race uh, to, to watch and, and call. Um, but again, you know, tough track to pass. But we saw strongest field of the season uh, rock up. I was worried because it was a new track uh, and the nature of the track, but everyone turned up in droves. We had f- just under 4,900 strength of field, which was brilliant. We haven't cracked the 5K yet, maybe one day. We saw the return of Naoya Nagai, Nagai 2.0 we were talking about before, and he stuck it on pole which was not a great big surprise. The fact that he did it by f- nearly four and a half tenths was. Uh, which, Yeah, cra- absolutely crazy. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Nagai-san if he, uh, if he comes around anymore. Uh, Daniel Otuga, and apologies, Daniel, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, from memory, he does a stream, and I can't remember the name of it, but he, he's been getting more regular in the skippies, and he's really, really quick as, uh, as testament by the fact that he put it on the front row. Giuseppe Tallini. Leading Italian driver on the night uh, in third, Gol Kawabe, second uh, Japanese driver in the field of four to, uh, this this week that turned up. He put it on the second row in fourth, and Laura Samadio, the second Italian in fifth off the grid. Uh, ANZ drivers uh, were led in quali by Vasco Sarovsky for Two Clowns Racing. Car number 18 snuck in, uh, put it on seventh. Really, really pleased with Vasco. He's putting in some yards and he's he's working his way forward. Most of last season in the second split, now putting it inside the top 10 regularly in, in quali. It's a great job. Is there any uh, rumours Sam- to the fact, sorry to interrupt, that he's getting faster because he had five spotters? <laughs> he had he had a, a a plethora of people in his ear during the race, like uh, Corey uh, Corey the co-commentator with me, the chaotic one. He called it in the race. He said, "Sarovsky's got five spotters." <laughs> like before the race has even started. Anyway, yeah. So there is truth to that rumor. He I said I'd be in coming. there if he wanted me to do fuel strategy for him. That, that's what I would be good at. <laughs> That's it. Um, Sam Devant here, the cowboy, only managed ninth, which was really surprising. He's, he, he has put in the effort and got a good turn of speed. Just ahead of Braden yourself, a good job putting it in tenth. Uh, and then the only other Aussies, or oh, the only other Aussie in there was Mr. Lean, who we don't see much of, uh, as much of during the week, I don't think, and it showed uh, on Sunday. He only put it in 18th. Um, and the other big surprise in quality was, of course, Julian O'Frey, who could only manage 11th. Um, so turning to the race, as I said, um, the, the, the incidents or the action in and around yourself, Braden, in the pack that you were in, notwithstanding that separated the field into that, uh, into two groups with, um, with a big breakaway of 10, uh, which remained 10 for quite some time. Uh, and again, it was, like I said, it was a fascinating, um, battle to, to watch with, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, leading the way for the most part. Uh, we saw Nagai's son. Uh, he was shuffled back to, I think, third at one point, and the battle at the front, you know, continued on. Uh, and you really saw, I think, the theme of this week, both with Ozikar and, and again with the Hungara ring, he was a little bit of. Um, Desperation brought out of frustration. Uh, a lot of these guys weren't able to make any progress. The moves were f- few and far between. What we saw at the end, at the tail end there, was Nagai Sun uh, and Sam Devantia came together through the final sector in the last lap or so. And, you know, Sam was very quick to apologize later. He went for a gap that wasn't there with pace that he carried through that uh, the guys in front of him didn't. And that took Nagai Sun out and shuffled the decks a little bit. But when it came down to the results, 
we saw Daniel Otuga uh, take his maiden victory. Uh, he picked up 107 I rating for his troubles, <laughs> the car, car number 12. About and how much for a I guy, lost, to be honest. Well, yeah, mate, he was 4,400 I rating coming into the race and picked up 107 for the win. So that talks to you about the standard in there. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Giuseppe Tolini picked up uh, P2, which was a great drive for, for Giuseppe. Really pleased for him. Laura Samadio, the other Italian in third. Sam Devantia. Although he was very apologetic, he uh, he did continue on and finished fourth, which uh, along with the podium that he's got uh, once at Scuba is, is probably equaled his, his best result um, outside of that. Vasco Sorosky got his first P5. So he had two ANZ drivers in the top five, which was great. Um, the other couple of Japanese drivers, Takumi Yamato and Gol Kawabe, did carry on for sixth and seventh, respectively. Uh, Fraser Smith... Julian O'Frey and Hayata Asaga, uh, a new Japanese driver um, to the series. He finished in 10th. There is a really strong Japanese community built around a core of a few good guys um, that are investing in it, and we're starting to see some of those results as drivers come through, which is great. My guy's son, unfortunately, down in 11th after that incident, uh, and uh, it left yourself, uh, Braden and Corey, uh, lean the two ANZ drivers uh, rounding out the tail end of the field. Quickly looking uh, at the second split, we saw that driver that I think uh, I mentioned to watch, uh, Hiroyuki Shoda. Uh, he turned up, the Japanese driver, who uh, when he hits the top split, he's going to make an impact. Uh, having had a race with him earlier this week, uh, he he took out after starting on pole. He, he took out and cleared out by nearly three seconds to take out the second split. Russell Clark was car number one, missed out on the top split, unfortunately, but managed P4 at a track he was not particularly comfortable at, 10 seconds off the lead. Uh, but in a battle pack himself. Uh, other ANZ drivers, Jeremy Bush, of course, of Aussie car fame. He's finished in sixth. Paul Wilson in eighth. I'm um, just looking down my list to see. And Nathan Verney, locked on iRacing Zone down in 15th. Uh, yeah, Nichols. he had a bit of an incident, which I saw the replay of, and I still don't understand what happened. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was a magnet for the guy coming through after him that swerved. <laughs> Onto his line to take him out. <laughs> You'll have to have a look at that one in the Discord after Alex, because it's actually pretty yeah, funny. Nice. It's crazy. I will. I will take a look. It's actually, first time I've ever seen anyone hold the brakes and then get swerved into. Um, <laughs> I assume he just the guy thought he wasn't going to hold his brakes and swerved to go around the back of him. <laughs> nice. Um, and Ryan Portelli, who's uh, I remember racing with Ryan many seasons ago, and he's come back out of the woodwork and he's now uh, driving around in the second split. He's finished seventeenth, third split. Here's, here's one of my moments of the week. Ken Hyams yeah, uh, has taken really out the third split. He's taken out the third split. Big big Ken Hyams fan. He's a big supporter of the series. Oh, Congratulations. Left from to start him. to finish. Really good job. Um, yeah, no, well done. And that's what frustrated me because I've been ahead of Ken or around Ken most of the other races. So I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I was really pleased. As you say, you know, the Skippy's participation such that um, he was in the third split on a Sunday night, but the two races that I did during the week, uh, he was in the top split uh, and those midweek softs that are a bit uh, a bit less full. Um, so it was great to catch up with Ken during the week and have a race with him. And even better, if I'm honest, to see him take out the third split win. So congratulations to Ken on a on a bumper week. Jason Browers, the ANZ driver there in uh, in second. Uh, we saw Jason Wilman again, most capped uh, uh, skippy driver in the SNL uh, from memory. He's he's finished in fifth. Uh, Matthew Harriet, who's an Aussie car driver, of course. He's Shout out to 
Matthew Harriet, who was the person who did spin me and also then apologized <laughs> and then at the end of it apologized again and then said he was just finished listening to the podcast and well done and congratulations on, the, <laughs> on a great podcast, which is the first time anyone in game has actually talked to me about it outside of Aussie Car. Um, but he obviously not a random, so uh, yeah, no, you, well, Matthew, no. you're a legend. Tim did have someone in the Gander truck race yeah. he did the other night randomly on stream say, Hey, I really like the podcast here because he saw it written on the back of the car. Not that Tim's in the podcast, but he took it anyway. Sorry, yeah, that's it. Yeah, go, no, go no, back, back to Alex McGowan. That's great. Look, um, every now and then you'll get someone uh, say something like that. I've had it for SNL and for other things over the years, and it's uh, and if anyone is listening. <laughs> No, yeah, well, if anyone's listening, don't be afraid to just, yeah, exactly. you know, say, say, shout it out. It, it means the world, honestly, when people express that. Just those couple of words, it's a really big uplift. So, uh, well done, Matthew, uh, except for taking Wilco out. Um, no, he didn't take me out. I crashed into him. He just had to realize So I, I lost it. He just, yeah, he had nowhere to go. Tip, tip their ear. And the funny thing yeah. was I finished it. I spun around. I've got back on track, and I realized I've only got a 2X at this stage. So I'm like, I only got, I didn't get the forex from the hit, and I, I definitely went inside his nose, and so after that kink, the first kink, and then there's the yes. right hander, I end up in the paddock on the inside of that later on because I had cold tires and I, I was just mucking, around. I was just frustrated more than anything. I didn't even get a one x, didn't get a two x or anything. I, I went right across the 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 in track on the grass, like four wheels on the grass, tracks way over there. I come off, I'm like, there goes another 1X. I look down. I'm still sitting on 1X, or 2X. So I really should have been on about seven by this stage and um, or seven or eight, but yes, walked away from two. So, nice. yeah. Well, mate, tip for, tip for young players, the incident points for off-tracks are speed dependent. If you're under a certain speed, you won't oh, get a 1X. Oh, so there you I go. I should get zero most of the time then because my slow, <laughs> slow speed. <laughs> nice. Um, so just quick, Jeff O'Wash, he was in the third. Mark Jeffrey was in the third split, only managed 14th, just ahead of yourself. We'll go after your adventures. Yeah, he had an accident, 16th. had to come in yeah. and get a new car. So. Now, typically, I probably won't or wouldn't dive into the four split, but I wanted to give a big shout out to Carl Withy, who was in the four split for the first time in SNL. He's turned out, he's, he's managed sixth uh, and he, after qualifying third, uh, and he's put up a video that I was watching. Uh, watching I before. thought he'd done a Just... few SNL races. We invited him well... into our Discord, so we actually. Was in it. We had four people in the Discord and four different splits. I look. I, I just going on uh, what I sort of saw in the video. I think it was first, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, check him out on, He's enjoying on it. YouTube. Yep, Screezilla. S K R E Zilla. One word. Uh, and he's and I love his voice and I love his attitude. The fact that he's turning up and having a crack. So yeah. congratulations. We have an interview with him coming up in the interview section of the podcast when I finally edit them all and put them up. So. Um... Yeah, Just uh, back to my race winner watch. Uh, five rounds, four splits, five. 20 races, 20 different race winners so far still as well. Yeah. So, Look, it's been an amazing series, honestly, and you're right. No two winners are ever the same. So quickly turning to the championship table, Julian O'Frey remains on top uh, after five rounds. Laura Samadio and Giuseppe Tolini leading the Italian charge in second and third. Takumi Yamato leading the way for the Japanese drivers in fourth. Vasco Sarovsky now uh, cementing his position as the leading ANZ driver just ahead of Sam Devantia uh, in fifth and sixth, respectively. Other ANZ drivers in the top 20 are Mitchell Nichols. Ken Hyams, after his big win in the third split, up to 10th. 
Jason Bro is 11th, uh, Russell Clark in 12th, Jeremy Bush on the leaderboard now in 14th after rising eight positions this week. Uh, Braden Martin remains there in 17th. And Corey Lane, after no points again, four races in, just managing to hang on to the top 20. So that about does us for this week in the SNL wrap. We're off to Laguna Sacra, of course, uh, this week. I just week. read uh, that. I'm so looking forward. I didn't realize what, what week this was. So I hate Laguna Sacra. <laughs> Anyway. Well, it, it's a polarizing track. Love it or loathe it. It's a free track that we should get a bumper mix of people that race skippies all the time and those that don't, and that's always a pretty volatile mix. So I guess we'll see how we go. Looking forward to it. Check us out, of course, on Top Split TV, on Twitch on a Sunday night, or the Top Split YouTube channel for all the race replays over the last 25 seasons. It's all there. So go check it out. Considering we were just talking about Carl Withy, let's go straight to Carl Withy for the Anne's Car Wrap. Uh, take it away, Carl. Thanks, lads, and hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to this week's Anne's Car Wrap-Up. I'm, as ever, Carl Withy, and tonight we will start off with the Truck Series from Bristol. Monday night was a bit of a tough one for all the drivers as they headed to Bristol. Daddy G would take pole with Stevie Dub on the outside for his 302nd race. The race would see some early cautions, which would lead to chaos as trucks had nowhere to go on the tight Bristol Straits, and we saw a couple of large wrecks thinning out the field of vehicles. The leading cars held off the front for a good bit of time, but Williams managed to make a jump on Danny G. The trucks to watch were Dave Douglas and Maddie Ray, who both had an impressive run through the field, with Dave Douglas, who despite his best efforts, could not catch Season 1 champion Stevie Dub, taking, taking out second place. Stevie Dub, of course, taking out the victory. Third place for Jason Martin, fourth for Riley Curtis, and fifth for Maddie Raymond. Big shout-out for Daniel Weaver, Luke Georgeson, and Aaron Hayden for getting their first truck top 10 finish. After eight rounds, the championship looks like this. First is Jason Martin, second is Dyson, 36 off the lead. Third, Raymond, 38 down. Fourth, Williams, 41 down. Fifth, Danny G, 51 down. Sixth, Douglas, 44, 54 down. Seventh is Micklemore, 55 down. Eighth is Griffith, 63 down. Ninth is Schultz, 76 off the lead. And tenth is Curtis, 90 off the lead. Next up, the trucks head to Nashville Super Speedway. The Thunder roared into Texas for the ninth race of the season for the Xfinity cars. Gallagher would climb pole position with Schultz starting on the outside. Or should I say behind him? An odd incident on the opening lap would see all the cars having to form up in a single line restart behind the pace car, so we saw a bit of an odd one there. However, once the green white green flag flew, the tricky Lone Star State track proved to catch out more than one driver. This provided us with a real mix of tactics and strategy. As tyre drop-off was not as high at Texas as some of the drivers had fought, and the different calls meant for a different race. Of course, the Xfinity has a four-tyre limit, meaning you can't come in every stop for fresh tyres. This led to many cars up front on their slightly older tyres, keeping back the ones on the fresher set for a fair few laps, keeping pace until later in the green stint. After halfway through the race, would would settle down with a 27-lap green run. When the caution fell, a few drivers gambled that it would be the last, while others stayed out betting we would see another yellow come out. 
The 50-lap green stint to the end caught these drivers out, with the best finishing coming from Josh Micklemore in P8 one lap down after taking a green flag pit stop. However, it was the steady hands of Andrew Dyson who ended up winning despite the serious pressure put on him by second-place man Joshua Carroll Walden, who chased him to the flag. Third was the Welsh nibbler Mr Michael Scurlock himself, fourth Stevie Dub, and fifth for Edward Foster. With the ninth race here, the first drop round has hit, with the second coming next week. So we have two race, a two-race shootout for the final rounds meetings. The championship looks like this after nine rounds, with their best eight standings so far. First is Gallagher. Second is Maddie Ray, seven points down. Third for Micklemore, 21 points off the lead. Fourth, Wellman and Williams, both 36 points down. Sixth is Brenton West, 37 off the lead. Seventh is Foster, 44 down. Eighth is Douglas, 51 down. Ninth, Carol Walden, 52 down. Tenth, Thomas Martin, 53 off the lead. In the locked-on look, things did not go well, and I'm sure you heard from the boys as Timmy Corn got caught up by a lapped car on the outside on around lap 116, sadly causing a large amount of damage for both entrants. Although another top 20 for Wilco has moved him up into 16th place in the championship standings, let's hope he can keep on moving up through the field. Next up, we click our heels free time and say there's no place like home as we head to Kansas. And finally tonight, we head to the Ants Car Cup Series with the sixth round of the chase at the Charlotte Roval. It was not unexpected as Andrew Dyson did the triple at the Roval, taking out the truck, Xfinity and Cup wins this season and leading from start to finish in a dominant display of track racing skill. This was also his sixth win of the year in the Cup Series, meaning he now has most wins of anyone in the Cup. He also took fastest lap and pole position. Starting on the outside was Foster, who despite a bad start managed to keep his starting position of second, uh, but the battle to watch was as ever behind, where DPR suffered a night of triumph and tragedy, where on the opening lap Stockton would lose it into the bus stop and bowl a 7-10 split, leaving Skurlock and Foster safe, but slamming into his teammate, Neil Pearson, who dropped to the back of the pack, meaning we got to watch him have a fantastic recovery drive through the field. With Daniel Hedersheed starting at the back from a penalty from last race, he managed to gain 20 spots in the race, finishing P5, just ahead of Neil Pearson in P6. The battle for third went down to the final few laps, as Skurlock managed to just fend off a hard-charging Hamish Gallagher to keep him in P4. A notable mention goes out to Micklemore, who went from 19th to 8th in the race. That means the chase looks like this after six rounds, and with four to go, it's getting ever closer to the final. Foster now leads ahead of Martin, with one point between the two. Third is Skurlock, nine points back. Fourth for Gallagher, ten points off the lead. Fifth for Micklemore, 17 points down. Sixth for Danny G, 41 off the lead. Seventh for Pearson, 42 off the lead. Eighth for Dyson, 46 down. Ninth for Carol Walden, 47 down. Tenth for Raymond, 57 down. Eleventh for Traher, 59 off the lead. The Cup will be heading off to Texas Motor Speedway next week. We hope you can all join us on Monday, Wednesday and Thursday at FGM Ecos, Ferguson Group Media, for your live broadcast, or head over to the YouTube channel and make sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all of the race highlights, reduced into around about a 20-minute package. And of course, as ever, a big thank you to Locked On Lads and Locked On iRacing for bringing you all the best in Aussie online racing action. Cheery bye for now, folks. Back to the studio. Thank you for that, Carl. You are an absolute legend and looking forward to you calling me Crash at Kansas tomorrow night. Uh, so 
let's move on to Aussie Car. The last one we're going to cover for tonight because we don't have anything else to cover at the moment. Uh, let's go into race one where we saw the domination of the oval specialist from Locked On, James Chastanoff, continue. Yeah, so started on pole and, and managed to hold on for the win, this time actually getting the win from that uh, inside line, which we didn't see happen last time we were at Dover. But I think that's now a race win in every single oval round we've had for Chasty, so good on him. Uh, Sean Doyle also proving it to himself to be a bit of an oval specialist, coming from fifth to second, and Alex John consider, uh, continuing his stellar Aussie car season where he can't seem to put a foot wrong at the moment. Um Alex, he just keeps managing to pull off a good result after good result. So he rounded out the podium. Matthew Mites uh, finished fourth for, I think, what would be his best result for the season. Matthew Harriet similarly up from 12th to 5th. Uh, Ashley Knowles, 16th up to 6th. Ira Felberg also getting a pretty good result for himself there, 7th. Myself could only manage 8th. Simon Dobner and Craig Kerman rounding out the top 10. Uh, the Can biggest... I just make a shout out? Top seven cards, all considered from seven different teams. Like I know we've got a couple of three locked on in there, but they are different actual teams. So seven, yep. seven cards, seven teams. That's really good. Thanks for excluding me out of that in eighth spot. Because uh... <laughs> you are the same team as <laughs> I, same just enough I above know, you. <laughs> I know. I understood the comment. Uh, anyway, let's go on to big movers. Sixteen positions for Jamie Willits. Jamie Willits. So really well mm. done by him. Uh, Ten spots for Ashley Knowles and nine spots for Leon uh, and John Snell and eight spots for Russell Clark, who by the sounds of it was having a pretty frustrating night uh, from the bits and pieces I heard from him. Uh, race two. Yeah, so race two was an interesting one because we talked about it before, so not many cars finished. Uh, we do see Alex and Alex taking out one and two, so that's the other Alex and uh, Alex McKellar, locked on zone Alex McKellar, uh, taking out <laughs> one and two. Uh, but then Leon Williams, look at this. The podium takes up by two people who have jumped up 22 positions. That's because 22 cars didn't finish the race. <laughs> and we've lost McKellar. That's okay. Um... Are you still there, Braden? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, Mikella's back. Sorry. I didn't reference it, we'd be fine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened there. My internet died. But please, That's okay, because I was, I was half concerned that I was, because Braden was just listening to me. I'm like, can, uh, am I just talking to no one? That's okay. <laughs> um, you are talking so to yeah. no one. But... So top, top three. Two of the top three places taken up for people who jumped up 22 places. You're one of them, Alex McKellar. What was it like beating 22 cars that didn't finish the race? Look, it, what a story, you know. As I said, I had a bit of a sook and put myself at the back of the grid uh, uh, somewhat half unintentionally uh, when I remembered we had a team to team's championship to compete and didn't for. Didn't you do and it then, for the team, didn't you? Well, One or two. And then all I did, all I did was just lift out, and and I thought I had clearly in my head. Remember, I said about that um, surviving rookie series, and he did all that series on a, mm-hmm. on an oval, right? And I just lifted out and went through, and and uh, and and realistically, uh, it was it was all luck getting through that accident. That's the only yeah. way anyone survived that, in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, and then I still managed to stuff up my pit stop. That's how AJ got away. Uh, and he, although, he, uh, you know, I called him out in the middle of the race because he went in under yellow 
to pit so he'd have a shorter pit stop when we actually had to pit, and he didn't tell me he was going to do it. So thanks, AJ. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a typical um, oval move, mate. That's exactly how I get up the field. That's the only way I get up the field. I know. But <laughs> That's what anyway, annoys me and... even more because I would have 100% done that yeah, if I, I should have done. Look, I, I should have done, and then I'd still manage to stuff in pit stop anyway. But it didn't end up mattering too much, and we he slowed down, and uh, we had a our, uh, a photo finish. The two of us side by side. It was awesome. Okay, so give us the actual results now, Braden. Now that everything's gone to hell. So yeah, the two Alexes, one and two, from Leon Williams and Jeremy Bush, who also deserves a bit of a shout out as well. I know there was some nice teamwork going on between. Uh, Jeremy and Leon behind the scenes uh, to set up that podium. Uh, so two locked on black sheep, the rear guard, not really being the rear guard in this case, <laughs> uh, coming third. Actually, they're not the yeah, that they're not the rear guard. The Leon, oh, sorry, the Leon's guard. the rear guard. You're right. Well, yeah, one of one of them. It. Yeah, one of them. No, it was good to see both of them up there. Um, black sheep racing's obviously been doing some good things. We 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 got them when they were nothing, and we've brought them up to where they're coming third and fourth. <laughs> no, I've got no idea. They, they really. Jeremy's been doing great. Leon's doing awesome. Simon Dobner continued his great round, uh, getting a top five. Uh, Nathan Verney uh, managing to come back out of the pits, twelve laps down for sixth. Myself, again, uh, one position better than last race, despite being thirteen laps uh, further behind uh, in seventh. Ashley Knowles, eighth. Vic Van Veltsen, a top 10 for him in ninth. And Darren Lassou rounding out the top 10. And obviously, we said about the big movers. Darren Lassou up 17 spots. And then Alex and Leon both up 22 spots. So, well done. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, mate. Look, can I just shout out too? Can I yeah. shout out too? Leon Williams, not only a podium, but the only guy to get zero X in the race. So two two bonus points as well. You look at race one and there's zero X's everywhere, uh, yours truly notwithstanding, and the people that I impacted. But um, Me either. <laughs> yeah, Le- he, Leon. He's, he's got a video out there because he streams as well, and he literally calls it, watch out, these guys are going to crash, hold back here, and then they crash, and he holds back and gets through it, and obviously zero X and podium. Well um, done, mate. Upstairs for thinking, downstairs for dancing. Well played, sir. Let's that, go to the overall results, Braden. Yeah, so it sets up an interesting finish, not so much for Alex John, who could all just about not turn up and probably go all right if he just logs in. Uh, he's a good 30, 46 points clear of uh, Alex McKellar in second spot, who has seven points back to both James Chastanoff and myself tied for third spot. Uh, Russell Clark, 25 points further back in fifth. Sean Doyle, sixth. Matthew Mike, seventh. Harrison Mitchell, eighth. Nathan Verney, ninth. And Jeremy Bush in tenth, rounding out the top ten. Uh, that is six of the top ten locked on cars. It is. That is right. Yep. Seven of the top 12, to be honest. Anyway. Well, can I just throw two out of the top two top split racing? Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The <laughs> bloody top split racing. I'm over them. Let's get rid of them. Ira? Bantam. <laughs> Roads 2K, also going to be a really good finish at Belle Isle. Jeremy yeah. Bush, 314. Daniel Stubbs, 309. Ashley Knowles, 303. Uh, from Brody Cook, 279, who I'm assuming missed because it was Dover, uh, yep. which didn't help his uh, championship uh, chances. Yeah. Uh, Craig Kerman, 278. Another three points back to Darren Lassou, Leon Williams, Matthew Harriet, John Snell, and Simon Dobner rounding out the top 10. That road to to two k will be intense for the last round, uh, especially the the track we're going to. Um, shout out to Jeremy Bush, though. Obviously, couldn't win the tournament, uh, win the championship last year because of uh, had to miss the last round. So, 
Um, hopefully he can go all well and take it out. We'll see. Teams Championship, uh, 60 points lead for top split racing. It looks like they're not going to get their three-peat, but they're going to have three of the last four at this rate, uh, barring some catastrophic uh, problems at Belle Isle uh, from Locked On iRacing podcast interviews, um, who then have a good 159 points on Locked On news and results, uh, who are 20 points clear of White Knuckle and five points further back to Van Diemen Racing. Uh, to round out the top five in the teams. Okay. Well, that is it. Let's wrap up this two and a half hours almost podcast um, yet again. Sorry, everyone. Um, Michaela, let's start with you, mate. What do you got coming up? What are you looking forward to? And uh, where can people find yourself? Uh, So uh, looking forward to trying to do another official or two this week in the skips. Uh, I didn't get around to do a track guide for Belle Isle this week. It just stuff got away from me uh, and and didn't get a chance. But uh, looking forward to Aussie Car on Thursday at Belle Isle. Fun track. Uh, racing should be interesting. Um, and, of course, there's a few things coming down to the wire on Thursday night. Um, and then, uh, of course, back on Sunday for uh, round six of season 25 of Sunday Night Lights, Top Split TV on Twitch where you can watch it live. Or, of course, head over to The Top Split on YouTube where all the back catalogue and all this season's events, as well as a couple of track guides that I've done this season are up there for those who might find that sort of thing interesting. Big shout-out to the community that supports the series. Um, Blown away by the continued support. I think we might have mentioned it before. The COVID participation has dropped right away across iRacing, and yet... We've barely tapered in terms of our participation uh, in the series overall. So really appreciate the ongoing support of the community and look forward to seeing everyone again there this week. Excellent, Braid. Mate, what about you? What do you got lined up for this big, long week ahead of us? Uh, yeah, I'll try and jump into some uh, races at Laguna Seca. Uh, it's a track that people don't like. I don't really, I don't hate it. I think it's an okay track to drive. Um, obviously, you've got the big corkscrew there, which is uh, always a bit of fun and creates a little bit of chaos but it'd be interesting for me to go back there just because it was one of the first tracks i raced in the skippy um so just be interesting to see how much better i've I've become at driving the track and and just sort of try and compare uh what i was doing in races back then to to what i was doing in races now i just noticed a post from nathan earlier um from the results from Isle last time we went there at aussie car and my best race time was about a second off the time i did in practice tonight so um that was kind of cool to be like, oh, even though I was frustrated about my time tonight, it's still a second and a bit faster than it was last time. So I guess that's kind of cool. Uh, if I decide to stream any of it, it'll be on twitch.tv slash the1dwade. Um, if I chuck up any videos, they'll be on youtube.com slash the1dwade. And if you want to hear me talking about anything uh, sport-related, the NBA season kicks off tomorrow morning. Um, so that'll be over on Twitter at Braden Talks. Sweet. Um, I'm trying to actually, I've got, the okay now to have Sunday nights as a constant thing. So you may see me actually streaming a few SNL races. I just haven't had the, obviously I'm not racing that well at the moment. So (laughs) I'm not really up to putting myself out there, especially in races like that, but I'll probably have to do it sooner or later. But um, Laguna Seeker scares the hell out of me. So uh, whether I I go ahead and do that, we'll see. Um, Watch out for the curves. One tip. Those red curbs will kill your suspension. I saw it happen today, the penultimate corner down the hill. Um, that red one there took out Benji Rags uh, front right. So just just be careful. 
I, look, I, I need to commit to doing more officials. That's what I need to do, and I need to do more officials before Sunday night. So um, if I can, I just got to get top of my work. It, it, this season's a, a write-off. It'll be next season where I'll be starting to actually put some more time into it. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully we'll see that. Uh, Wednesday, as in tomorrow night, will be attorney lefty night. So hopefully I can do some stuff at Kansas. There's only three races left in the Ansgar Thunder series, so I wouldn't mind getting one good result by the end of the season. Um, you got to beat my... Overall, eights. my championship, I'm doing okay. Eight, okay. eight nine, seven? Or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Um, oh, like, overall, uh, the, the series, like, I'm, I'm going, like, top 15, and the names ahead of me are, are the, the, the names that you want ahead of you because they are the best. Um, but, yeah, I still want to, you know, I want to get a top 10. I would really just kill for a top 10. That would be be enough for me. We don't have any more super speedways left, so I'm going to have to learn to get better at the, the other ones. But, yeah, that's happening. Aussie car. We'll see if it's my last race this Thursday. I don't know yet. Um, I don't know. And then I'm try- I've am i got the okay tentatively for a Friday night stream of something else other than iRacing. But all that can be found on Locked On Lads uh, on Twitch. Locked on Lads on Facebook. Locked on Lads YT on YouTube is not really active at the moment, but it will be. Uh, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Particularly if you are keen, Friday nights, I just randomly, I was drunk, threw out there, jump in, in chat, and um, we'll do a stream. And I had David Haynes join me. We had Tim Cornt. We had Leon Williams. Um, I was chatting we, away. Yeah. But we had, in, in voice, we had like four or five of us, and it was... some of the best interview work we've done with David Haynes. Um, (laughs) We actually got to the bottom of some actual questions that we probably should have asked in the podcast itself. Uh, uh, I caught a couple of minutes of that, mate, as I drifted (laughs) around the interwebs. That was pretty cool. I was was pleased to see the call out was answered by a few few good people. No, it's good. We used to do it. It's a a locked on lads tradition, community nights, Friday nights, and everyone just gets in and has a chat. So it was good to bring that back. And uh, it was good that my body could actually handle a few drinks now. It's been... uh, turning itself inside out when I have any kind of alcohol. So it was good to get to the bottom of that and get on top of that. So, uh, But Locked On Lads, uh, all the places you can get it. Look, I'm still trying to get merch sorted, but I just can't find a good option at the moment. Other than that, that is it. Thank you to all the Aussies that have downloaded us as well. I forgot to do it last week. We hit 5,000 downloads in Australia uh, last well, week before last. Uh, we've just hit. 1001 for America as well. So thank you to all you Americans who have uh, downloaded us as well since day one. So hopefully it's, it's all, all people are, hopefully all people that work at iRacing. That'd be nice. That would be good. <laughs> we are closing in on on the, on a big number overall as well. So we'll we'll announce that when we get to it. But thank you to everyone who's been listening. Uh, it's doing you, yeah. You're, you're keeping us coming back each week. So um, you know you didn't have to do that, but thank you everyone, and um, it's really good to hear. So thank you, Michaela. Braden, we'll talk to you next week. I'll probably run into you on the track very soon as well. Um, have a good oh, week, all. I hope not. <laughs> drive safe, drive fast. Safe <laughs> <Sick. laughs>